This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much, everybody. Good morning and welcome to our show for this Thursday morning. Yep, it's Thursday already. And uh, we've got a lot coming up on the show today. Next one's going to be a pretty big week. On Friday, you got Cinco de Mayo. No, on Thursday, I think. Nico showed me how to make a calendar magically appear on my computer. Buzz didn't know that you could click on the date in your computer, Joanna, and that's like a calendar. Okay, yeah. Thursday, Cinco de Mayo. All right, Buzz. Learning something new every day. Yeah. Yeah. Little by little. You'll be in the 20th century soon. (laughs) Wednesday is May the 4th, so Star Wars uh, Day is on Wednesday. And Friday, I got jury duty. You, oh, you got your jury duty on this Thursday. Or ne- uh, next Thursday, yeah. All right, Buzz. We had just been talking a couple of weeks before I got a jury duty summons that there was like a decade where it seemed like I got called for jury duty once a year, sometimes twice a year. And then there was like a 10-year period where I didn't get called at all. So I don't know how they worked the things to decide who to call for jury duty, but I went through a decade of getting jury duty summons all the time all then, the time then I was hit, but I haven't gotten one for like 10 years and then within days of that I got my first uh, jury duty summons <laughs> oh, no. they must really appreciate the views of Buzz Adams they don't because I never get past the everybody's sitting in a big auditorium together and then you're told you've been dismissed so you've just wasted all your time for nothing oh no <laughs> Joanna, you get called for jury duty sometimes, don't oh, you? I do. I used to get called a lot until the pandemic happened. And have you ever gotten past that point where you go into City Hall, you check in, and they put you in a big auditorium, mm-hmm. and then somebody comes out and makes an announcement, everybody in Section C, you're free to go. Right. You don't have to do jury duty until the I've next time you're I've past that. You have? Oh, How many I times have you gotten past that point? Three. And one time, I think it was like a murder trial. <gasps> Because they were asking us all these different types of questions, and I was like, uh-oh. Did they and then ask- I had to be like, juror 47, do you agree? And I'm like, no, I don't agree. And then we had to break for lunch, and then we came back for more questioning. And it was like in a courtroom? Yes. Okay. We're- and you didn't get picked for the no. for the jury? I got What you're describing, I got to that point one time, like one time out of 30. Mm-hmm. I got to the point where I actually went to a courtroom, but then I wasn't picked for the jury either. They should streamline this in some way. I feel like a lot of time is wasted. People get called just to get dismissed. Mm-hmm. You know, they use the gas to get down there. They take off work. You know. Yeah, but they give you a note, note pass. Yeah, pass to not, get out of work. Not the point. Well, just I've, that if I've they streamlined it a little more, so you've had to pay. Yeah, for not going to jury duty. Oh yeah, you. you there's, it can be more expensive to not go. Yeah. Well, fu- I'm not suggesting anybody not go. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. That's what Joanna's saying. I'm just letting you know. If, if you they could perfect go, this process, I'm going. Actually, no. First, they give you kind of a break. And if you go, you don't go the first time. The second time, they'll be like, look, just show up to this next jury duty. If you don't show up to that jury duty, then you have to pay. Yeah, I got in trouble one time. But what, what happened was I had already, it was when I already started paying all my bills online so i wasn't really getting bills in the mail uh-huh. and all i was really getting was junk mail 
So you never checked it? You know, I'd get the mail out of the box, and then I'd kind of throw it in a pile, and I'd eventually I'd go through it's it and in just there. Like junk, junk, Somewhere. junk, junk, junk. So my my jury duty date would expire before I got to that point of checking the mail because most of the mail, as I say, are uh, flyers for mm-hmm. Pella windows. <laughs> you have mentioned that. And Spectrum trying to get me to go back on cable. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think between Pella windows and Spectrum, that's 90% of all the mail that I actually get in my mailbox. Uh-huh. So, And I, I went before a judge and I explained. It's like, it's mostly junk mail. I just take everything and then eventually... I look at it, and by the time I open the jury summons, usually it's oh, past too late. No, don't they ask you questions to see if you're biased towards anything or not? Like, when you get to yeah, the courtroom part. When you part. get to the courtroom. Yeah, not so, in the auditorium part. And I want to stress again, out of 30 times, this is an estimate, only one time did I ever get past the auditorium part. That's a cool part. Uh, jur- you can read, you can text people on your phone. You mean the uh, oh, audit- the part where they start asking questions yeah. to juror the Bar- potential uh, jurors? Uh, uh, juror 47 or Joanna Bar- uh, Barba, do you like horror movies by any chance? Why, yes, Your Honor, I do. About murder? I do. Gone. We don't need her. Exactly right. I might like that for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> it may work against her or for them. You don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's started now. You could go online and check before you actually go down there. So if they're going to cancel, they might tell you ahead of time. That your that your jury session has been canceled. Um, so that's part of my week next week is I got nice. jury duty, but I probably won't have to go. Or do you if need I do to go, I might get released immediately, <laughs> which means I just paid for parking for nothing. Do you need a, a jury buddy? Do they have those? No. Okay. I don't know what that would be. That'd be my your just buddy. Somebody to hang around that goes you with you. Can't go in with him. I can't. No, you have to have the little paper. Mm. They scan. All right. That could be right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I've never gone down there with somebody else before. I just go in and show them my paper and they say, go sit. They're all like, and yeah. who's this guy? And you're all, my jury buddy. Nico, you've never been summoned for jury duty? I'm just kidding. Well, have you ever been summoned for jury duty? Did we not just go through this a couple months ago? Did you? Yeah. Have you? And did, oh, okay. How far did you get? I've never gone past anything. I just go, it's always dismissed. Sometimes it's dismissed yeah, before. Sometimes you walk up with your paper and they'll tell you at yeah, the clerk. You should the check clerk. the night before your email. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's I, I got called one because time. that happens. The day before, and they're like, you don't have to come. Yeah, that's another thing. Sometimes you'll get down there and they'll just tell you, they'll check your paper and go, oh, you don't need to be here. Go back. You can go home <laughs> you now. You can go home now. Uh, let's get a look at El Paso weather as we're getting close enough to the weekend. Uh, sunny today, 89 for the high temperature. Uh, it's going to start off kind of mild, and then the winds are going to pick up uh, as the afternoon goes on. 15 mile an hour winds this afternoon with the high near 90. For uh, Friday, sunny and 87 for the high temperatures. Again, we're going to see winds 15 to 20 miles an hour in the afternoon. But it looks like we're going to get a break on Saturday. Uh, winds are going to be light around 5 miles an hour on Saturday. 87 is going to be the high, and it's all sunshine. We don't have any forecast. Uh, we don't have any rain forecast for the weekend. Sunday, partly cloudy, still no rain on Sunday, and a little bit on the windy side in the afternoon, 16 to uh, 15 to 20 mile an hour winds on Sunday. So that's the way the weather's shaping up. Let's find out what's happening on the show today. Nico, tell us about our uh, guests who are going to come in. There's a group in El Paso that wants to change the way some of our elections are held and the methodology for elections. So can you tell me a little bit about that? 
Sure. And uh, the group's name is Justicia Fronterezia. Uh, Joanna, does that mean frontier justice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but doesn't frontier, front, fronteria mean uh, border in Spanish? So maybe or frontera b- means border. Oh, yeah, border. Border justice, then. Okay, okay. so that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Uh, they're coming here to discuss uh, a referendum that's going to be put on the El Paso ballot coming up pretty soon t- uh, to make all of our elections ranked choice elections. What that means is you'll have the option of instead of just picking who you want for... Uh, I thought some of our choices have been pretty rank in the past, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but what is ranked choice? Instead of just picking yes or no, this person or that person, you'll be allowed to rank your choices in order. Here's number one, one, I would do this person. Three, four, and five. This allows people uh, people's choices to be matched up and hopefully the uh, most popular candidate to emerge victorious. Okay. So oh, she's going to be coming in, that's talking to us about many... making the changes that we need to, to our election system. Okay, so we're going to find out about ranked choice voting and why at least one group in El Paso thinks that would be a good idea for some of mm-hmm. our elections. How about news? What do we have headed our way in news headlines today? Boeing is saying it made a $700 deal with uh, Donald Trump for Air Force One. Now it's saying it probably should never have made that deal. What do you mean they made a deal with him for Air Force One? Uh, They made a deal for a contract for all the next Air Force Ones or the upcoming uh, Air Force Ones. Um, With who? Donald Trump. Remember, he said, do you not remember that he he thought that the Air Force One that he had was wasn't updated enough? So he made a deal with Boeing. It it was about a seven hundred dollar, a seven hundred million dollar deal to uh, make the next uh, Air Force Ones for him. Uh, Now, Boeing is saying that they probably shouldn't have made that deal because they're already uh, defaulting on some loans. Who Who is? The Trump Organization or Boeing? Boeing is. Hmm. All right. Uh, Here. Boeing CEO calls Trump's Air Force One deal a risk it probably shouldn't have taken. In dealing with a fixed contract in the time of COVID, inflation and broken supply chains probably was the worst deal that they could have made. It was the $700 billion for one plane? Yes. Uh, <laughs> discuss the company's Q1 results for 22, which show the Air Force One program went $606 million over its expected budget in the past few months. So Bowen reports that it's now lost $1.1 billion on the contract. Wait, wait, but the contract was only $700 million. No, I guess so the $700 million, I guess billion. the $700 million is the... Uh, can, what, you do, hey, can you brush up on that story a little bit by the time news... It went over out? budget by $700 million. Okay, that's okay. what the $700 million was. All right. Uh, Joanna, entertainment news. What do we have on the way as far as entertainment goes? According to a source, Jason Sudeikis had no prior knowledge of ex-Olivia Wilde being served custody papers while on stage at CinemaCon. So she's up there on stage talking mm-hmm. about she's some movie. Oh, it looked terrible. Per- the people come out and hand Somebody her a vanilla comes, envelope. hands her an envelope. She's all like, is this for me? And they're like, yes. And she looks inside, continues with her presentation. Later on, a source is like, those were custody papers that she was served. and now Because they got kids together. Yeah, right? and now a source close to them says that Jason Sudeikis had no knowledge that that would happen during her presentation at CinemaCon. I don't, I don't think they were ever married, but I think they were together for nine years and had two kids. They yeah, have they two have kids. children, yeah. yeah. Uh, Some people are saying they think it was custody papers that were served. They're pretty sure it's custody papers. Just, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. But they're saying that Jason Sudeikis had no knowledge that that's when she was going to be served with those papers. You but ever been served so- before? No. Like on a dance floor? 
<laughs> no, like serve papers. Oh, no. no. Have you? Yeah. Will they get you like just anywhere? Uh, I always see somebody. Like- I did, the time they got me was the receptionist in the building before the building that we work in now. That's how long ago this was. Said, hey, oh. you have a visitor up front. And I uh-huh. go up and I say hi to the guy. And he hands me this thing. And what do you do? If somebody hands you something, you take it, right? Right. You've been served. I mm-hmm. always see in the movies that like <laughs> the ones who serve papers have to do like outrageous uh, like disguises. This wasn't so outrageous. This was just like, hey, hand so it this. So that you don't run You've away from served. it. And then the guy said, I'm sorry. <laughs> the guy who served the papers. Like, Isn't sorry. that what Seth Rogen played in, in Pineapple, Pineapple Express? Express? Yeah. yeah. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo, quarter of Dyer and Monroe, just moments from Fort Bliss. Find them on social media or PumpingInkTattoo.com. That's PumpingInkTattoo.com. The uh, status of Disney World in Florida has been in the news for the past few weeks because I guess the governor, DeSantis, there wants to take away some of their uh, special powers and privileges. And when you find out, like, the history of Disney World, you find out, yeah, they really got a sweetheart deal when they opened that park in Florida. But anyway, there's some lawmaker in Texas is trying to get Disney to relocate. Says that Texas will be more friendly uh, than Florida, I guess, as long as Disney really? keeps their mouth shut about, right? <laughs> you know, what books aren't supposed to be in class. <laughs> as long as you toe the line, you might be okay in Texas, I guess. <laughs> uh, but Nico's going to get into that coming up here in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of give us a lowdown on Disney World situation with uh, are they wanted in Florida anymore? Uh, could Ron DeSantis possibly drive the Disney Corporation out of Florida? Uh, first round of the NFL draft is on today. ABC, ESPN, and the NFL Network. But most importantly, our partner station, 600 ESPN El Paso, is going to have live coverage as Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus are headed, as we speak, <laughs> to Las Vegas, where they will be at Caesars Palace covering the NFL draft live. So you can listen to that on ESPN 600, our partner station. Do you Adrian's think they, so excited. Do you think they're going to get wild? No. Those the, two? No, no. The two no. most straight-laced people? Yeah. Oh, no, Adrian's a good guy. Yeah. So uh, the next two rounds are Friday and the rest are on Saturday. But first uh, day coverage of the NFL draft with Steve Kaplowitz <laughs> and Adrian from Las Vegas. What if Steve Kaplowitz came back with like a Mike Tyson ta- face tattoo? <laughs> From the hangover. <laughs> and, and Adrian's Steve like missing. Adri- Adrian's missing a front tooth. <laughs> I don't know where Adrian is. He might be on the roof of the hotel. <laughs> I lost Adrian. Um, on Paramount Plus, Star Trek Picard today. The Kardashians on Hulu. And uh, the premiere of a limited series called Under the Banner of Heaven. This is on FX on Hulu, starring oh, Andrew right. Garfield, who plays a devout homicide detective investigating the murder of a Mormon wife and her infant daughter. Oh, my gosh. Uh, this might be the last you're seeing of Andrew Garfield for a while, but it would be because it's his choice. Andrew Garfield's talking about taking a break from acting. 
to have a normal life for a little bit. He says he's going to rest and uh, recalibrate. So here's uh, Andrew Garfield saying he's going to take off a little bit of time to be more ordinary. All right, so a lot of this has to do with, you know, Disney can't do right by anybody, it seems like. Gay activists, you know, or people... people You didn't say enough! They didn't do enough! Hey, Disney's homophobic because they didn't do enough. Meantime, you got the governor and all the conservatives in Florida saying, Disney's so pro-gay agenda, we're going to revoke their special status. And Nico's going to tell us a little bit about this special status, which Disney World has enjoyed since day one, I guess, in Florida, right? Since day... Well, um, actually, no. 1967 is the law that created the Reedy Creek Development, which is essentially uh, independent operating uh, government uh, inside of Florida. Yeah, but I think that was the year that they constructed Disney World. Oh, was it? Yeah, so I think it was literally oh, okay. from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. They came in with the understanding that we kind of are our own yeah. government here. Yep, definitely. Well, Governor Ron DeSantis called on state lawmakers in April to vote on stripping Disney of its special privileges of self-government in an amended special session in retaliation from Florida lawmakers against the company for its opposition to the so-called Don't Say Gay Law. The shot By the way, their opposition is just a statement. I mean, they can't really... Yeah, you know, they didn't... They're not filing any legal injunctions or anything. It's just Disney World said, we you know, are against the Don't Say Gay. Actually, thing. some critics are saying that this was an attempt... Uh, by Ron DeSantis to distract from the redrawing of congressional maps that eliminated two majority black voting districts at the same Mm. time. Okay. Now, while Disney's special tax district exempts it from a host of regulations and certain taxes and fees uh, related to emergency services and road maintenance, it still has to pay property taxes. Disney is Central Florida's largest taxpayer and pays nearly $300 million annually to the surrounding uh, Orange and Osceola counties. Interesting uh, fact, Disneyland and Disney World are both in Orange County. Orange County, Florida, and oh, Orange County, yeah. California. That is a funny fact. <gasps> that is cool. Well, they passed this bill stripping uh, Disney of its Reedy Creek development uh, status with virtually no analysis on the ripple effects to taxpayers and the counties around them and how that would uh, affect them. So are they actually going to do it or they're just threatening at this point? or is it? Well, they passed they actually- the bill to do it, but there are some other laws that may be preventing them. So Reedy Creek operates much like a local government. It can uh, borrow money for infrastructure projects by issuing bonds. The question of what happens to the district's estimated billion plus bond debt has been up in the air. States are obligated to uphold the taxing power that enable the payment of bonds once a local government issues them. So they actually made a deal when they gave out the bonds that said, oh, there's no way we will interfere with your Reedy Creek development. As I say, it was a real sweetheart deal for the Disney Corporation. Right. But now they can't get rid of it unless they pay back that billion dollars. Florida can't get rid of it. Right. Wait, explain it to me. So there are billions of dollars in bonds. In bond debt. So where is that going to go? To Orange County? Where's the debt going to go? Yeah, you got me. Well, nobody else knows either, which, which is exactly the, what they're saying is how short-sighted Ron DeSantis and the Republican legislature was that they went full force at this without even thinking, what is this going to do and how are we going to do it? I mean, is it, first of all, I, 
I don't know that anybody should get such a cozy deal to begin with. It would be, let me see if I could draw an El Paso example. You know, when we decided to tear down City Hall so they could build a minor league baseball park, it would be mm-hmm. like if they said, guess what? For that district, you guys get to make up your own rules. <laughs> the, the group that has the baseball team, you guys can make up your own rules about what goes on down in that area. Yeah, they also pay half a billion dollars in local taxes, though. Honestly, for the m- amount of money Disney World generates, that doesn't even seem like a lot. <laughs> in the in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't seem like it's all that much. But also, isn't this the government just kind of leaning on a a private corporation because the current chief executive of the state doesn't like their position on a social issue? Right. Well, I thought I thought. And by the way, what does other than saying, "Oh, Disney supports our gay and trans employees," and it doesn't have any effect, right? They're not the government, except <laughs> except where Disney World is. But it they're is, not the yeah. government on a state level. It's not like they're actually having right. any effect on it. I thought cor- I thought conservatives were in charge of not tampering with corporations. Uh, you want limited government? I guess this is on a more of a more of a local level or on a state level, anyway. Uh, Orange County Mayor uh, Jerry Demings had this to say: If we had to take over the first response, the public safety components for Reedy Creek. With wait, wait, does Disney run its own first responders? Oh yeah, so police, fire, ambulance, all that. Oh run yeah, by Disney in in that. Reedy yep. Creek development. So all the money that counties have to shell out for that kind of stuff, Disney Disney's for putting it. the bill for it, right? Huh. In addition to the Ta- five, uh, about five hundred million, half a billion, half a billion in in tax state state taxes, not even whatever federal taxes they might have to pay. Does any other amusement park have this? Like Dolly Dollywood? Yeah, does Dollywood? <laughs> does Six Flags call the shots in Arlington? <laughs> All right, so this is what Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings had to say. If we had to take over the first response, the public safety components for Reedy Creek, with no new revenue, that would be catastrophic for our budget here. It would put an undue burden on the rest of the taxpayers in Orange County to fill the gap. Because remember, if they get rid of this special development for them, for Disney, well, now those other counties are going to have to pick up the slack. Osceola County said in a statement that it's uncertain of what fiscal responsibilities will be encumbered after June 2023 and is evaluating any shifts in cost. It added, Disney has been a strong community partner, and we expect that relationship to continue as we work together for a transition plan. Is it is it a done deal? Like it's definitely going to happen, or does it have to go through some more hoops? Or well, is this just like leaning on Disney to shut up? The, leg- the like sled- legislator passed the law. So they actually yeah. passed the bill. Okay. But how that gets enforced and how they actually uh, pull the strings there's of this like financial... Start, there's not a start date. Like, you mentioned 2023. Is it like that's actually going to go They have force? to untangle this billion dollars of outstanding bond debt. They have to untangle the emergency services and how they're going to split... Because Disney World actually resides half on Orange County and half on Osceola County. So they're going to have to figure out so many complicated things that the governor and the legislature did not even consider before they signed this. It might not happen at all. What I'm saying is it might not happen at all. It might be so complicated about of facts what and untangling. What also complicates it is if you look up Disney World and as it relates to the Florida law, you're going to find people who are very much against the don't say gay, who don't think that Disney does enough. Right. It's like such a tepid... 
response that they came out with, this thing that DeSantis and I guess other people who are supporters of DeSantis are so irate about, if you talk to people on the other side, they, they don't like Disney, but for the exact opposite reason. Disney isn't forceful enough. Mm-hmm. The Reedy Creek Improvement District is telling investors, don't worry, it's just going to be business as usual. Do you remember, I don't know if this is still the case, Joanna, you know a little bit about Disney. Do you remember, I, I do, that in the 90s there was a big thing that Disney parks would have gay day, although the Disney parks weren't officially a part of it. It was just like a a thing where gays and lesbians oh, right. and transgender mm-hmm. people would would designate this is gay day yeah and disney parks would get really gay for a day but disney i don't think i don't know if they ever did embrace it but they didn't when it started out they didn't ban it they just kind of stayed neutral on it gay day at walt disney world is held on the first saturday in june every year so like an ongoing thing yeah does disney now acknowledge it i mean do they put up special designation for it because it really seemed for a long time it was like it's a thing that happens disney's not going to tell them they can't do it but it didn't seem like disney was fully endorsing it no it's part of it a local double tree resort has dubbed itself the official hotel for the event with convention space rented for to businesses to various businesses like i guess there's a little bit of irony that you know like people who are upset about at disney for being uh too pro-gay for their taste. Those cartoons you've enjoyed, some of those were animated and the songs were written by gay men. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt yeah. that a lot of the Disney stuff that you get all misty-eyed about, oh, I remember when Disney was all about family values. A lot of the creative folks on that were gay. I don't know if that's going to ruin Cinderella for you, but it's the fact. <laughs> It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I'm going to do a Mo Show calendar and daily almanac of events. We're going to have a true crime report coming up a little bit later. We're going to have a cash code keyword in less than an hour. Uh, The first one of the day, that is. There'll be several more after that. And get ready for the return of Cool Canyon Nights to McKelligan Canyon Amphitheater starting on May the 12th. So we're just a couple weeks away from Cool Canyon Nights. There was some heavy rain that washed out the road, so we had to move the concert series from McKelligan at the end. But now mm-hmm. the road's been repaired and safe to it, traverse. They, like, move the road. Yeah, so they're putting it back out at McKellen, which, McKelligan Canyon, which I was happy to hear. I mean, they were doing it downtown, and, and that seemed to be going okay, but it's really kind of special going back there to the amphitheater and enjoying a live show on Thursday. So May 12th uh, kicks off. Cool Canyon Nights concerts are free to attend. There's going to be a lot of food trucks there, featured beers from LNF Distributing. Cool Canyon Nights brought to you by Westar, also by Comfort Zone, Charlie Clark Nissan, El Paso <laughs> Community <laughs> College, Superior Sign and Lighting, Twin Peaks, and Johnson's Jewelers. See the full season lineup and dates. Those will be coming very soon to klaq.com. Did you go out and see the movie premiere last night? No, man. I was wiped. Charlie Clark of Charlie Clark Nissan has a movie that is opening on Friday tomorrow. Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone. And last night they had a special green carpet premiere. Uh, Danny Trejo was supposed to be in town. I, I, I saw everybody get pictures of them. That oh, was so cool. That did happen. Oh, yeah. Danny Trejo definitely showed up. Yeah. Did you think there was like 1% chance that it was like, oh, this isn't going to happen? 
Oh, I think anytime there's a celebrity coming into town, there's always a chance that there's a scheduling conflict, yeah, booking, or, you know. I believe it when I see it. Don't you ever feel like waking up for this show every morning is killing your social life? Is it barely hitting you? <laughs> no, it, it isn't killing my... It has killed my it social has. My social life has been dead for 25 years. Welcome. Are you not aware of this yet? Haven't you been wor- working these hours enough to know that it absolutely... No, I've been fighting hard, but... To continue going out and doing stuff? Yeah, but uh, no, I, I can't anymore. <laughs> it's finally catching up. I guess anybody who works like a weird shift or has to go to work super early in the morning... You gotta sacrifice something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta make a sacrifice. There's another uh, celebrity trial going on. Not Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Rob Kardashian and Black China. Oh my gosh! And Rob Kardashian testified in court that Black China abused him and held a gun to his head several times. So. I guess there's a similarity there. You got the guy in the relationship saying that he was the one who was abused, which is similar to what Johnny Depp's lawyers are making the case for this week. Also from the Johnny Depp trial, it sounds like Elon Musk will not be testifying in the defamation trial. Uh, He's busy right now, yeah. Well, you know, (laughs) whether you're busy or not, it doesn't sound like he's going to have to uh, be called to testify. And what was his part in all this? Like Amber Heard hooked up? With Elon Musk, they dated before or they, after she was with Johnny, or be or during between betwixt betwixt <laughs> betwixt bewitched bewildered. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked a thousand Americans, "What emerging technology do you think is going to really ca- catch on? Which ones are we going to all be using someday, and which ones are going to fizzle?" Here's mm. an example of the fizzle. Do you remember when they came out with those, uh, I, I don't know what you call them, but the only people who use them now are security guards at malls. Uh, oh, wands? Okay. No, the thing that you ride on. And <laughs> Segways. Segway scooters. Segway scooters were going to revolutionize humanity. Remember? And it was like, oh, everybody's going to have this, and they're going to be going everywhere on their Segway scooters. You only see Segway scooters, mall security, park security, maybe some downtowns. Have a few that they might rent out, but you certainly segue tours. You don't see them every day of your life, right? No. No. Why is that? Well, you know what we were seeing for a while those hoverboards for, and those are basically the same thing as a Segway. True. Just without the stick to hold on to. Yeah, but the whole Magilla was supposed to really revolutionize <laughs> walking. Uh, Google Glass. That was another one that people said everybody's going to be walking around. They're going to be accessing all of their data, and, you know, wearing glasses. Oh, the technology that for is still, still there. That might still catch on someday, yeah. but they're going to have to improve it. So let me throw out some of these and you tell me if you think, let's see how they ask people about emerging technologies, which will catch on and become widespread. Tell me how positive you feel about these. Lab-grown meat. Yeah, that's definitely, oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, what do you mean feel positive? Like, I feel positive that it's going to happen? This is going to be a widespread oh, yeah. thing. Now, if I'm happy about it? No. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> 51% say, yeah, they think it's 
going to catch on in a big way. I, I mean, it, I guess it depends on how good they can get it to taste. <laughs> you know? There might be some True. people who are already vegans or like, oh, I'll eat lab-grown meat. But they're used to stuff tasting like crap already because they're vegans, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you like a, if you like a, a yeah. good juicy ribeye... And then they have this thing that's kind of similar, but not nearly as good. I don't think it's going to get a lot of converts, but again, that'll improve over time, probably. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So 51% of people say lab-grown meat is probably going to catch on. Yeah, definitely going to catch on. Self-driving cars. Absolutely. Guaranteed not one iota of doubt. You 100% believe this is going to be standard. Absolutely, yes. Well, in this survey... Of a thousand Americans, only sixty-six percent think that that will be the norm someday. Joanna, what do you think about self-driving cars? Yeah. Will you finally learn how to drive a car when the car can drive itself, Joanna? I do know how to drive a car. I know. <laughs> you know, you lose it after if you don't practice. Yeah. What's your point? <laughs> Did I say I don't drive? God. Do you drive on the weekends? I can drive. Gosh. When's the last time you were behind the wheel of a car that was moving? Uh, the other day. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. How far did you go? You're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> How far did you go? Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. How about that? Don't worry about my was it, trip. Was it more than just backing it out of the driveway? <laughs> yes, I was it more was. Than, okay. was. Do you get your nephews to drive you places? No, they don't know how to drive. Self-driving cars, I, I think probably... Oh, yeah. But I'm not 100% sure, but I would put it in the very high 90s that that's going to happen. Virtual reality. 70% said yes. What do you think? Virtual reality is going to become a part of everyday life? Um, the only thing no, that makes because... me hesitate is that I... You know how long I've been hearing about this virtual reality and how this well... thing is the new game changer? Because you're old enough to be part of history, (laughs) the history and the development of a technology. It seems like I've constantly been, consistently been underwhelmed anytime somebody's like, check out this virtual reality thing. That's how progress works. Nobody just comes out with something that is blowing you away the first time it happens. It's like, things take time to develop and, and get where they need to be. Um, I, I, I guess there might be some truth to that, although. Especially for technology. Yeah. But it's we, not like we every, don't use Morse code anymore. You know? I, I I know that there's like, hey, come out to this new place that just opened. It's virtual reality. And it's going to just change the way. And it just, eh. It's, okay, I bet you're one of those people. That, oh, they say they have this phone thing. But I, every time I try it, I hear the neighbors. It doesn't sound good. I don't know when they're going to fix this phone thing, these phone lines. I, I guess someday they'll get it to the point where it's. But the latest thing I got is the. Uh, What's the thing you put on your head? Uh, succubus. No. The, um, you put it on your face. A VR? The VR. Yeah. yeah, but there's a brand. I have one. Yes. God. Is it white? Yes. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. You don't know what it's called? VR. Oculus, not yeah. succubus. Oh, succubus. <laughs> <laughs> the succubus. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that looked really cool, and it showed videos of people playing, so I got one, and guess what? Eh. <laughs> I think it's just going to be like it's how... a big deal. I think it's going to be like how fa- uh, social media is today for some people, and it doesn't matter what age you are. There are 70-year-olds who use Instagram 
all the time. I think there's going to be people who just get divided like, yes, I like this and no, I don't like this. I'm not sure it'll be part of everyday life, but there'll definitely be people who do it. They asked about 3D printing. Oh, guaranteed. So there's, describe that's what 3D already, printing is. So 3D printing, or also called additive printing, is the printing of things by slowly adding a substance or plastic or whatever your, your material you're making it out of. You're doing it slowly, tr- bit by bit, and adding up. So what kind of... You could download an item, and you would have a machine, I guess, in your home or You would have a machine that has a moving... And it's loaded with plastic and that, different... The hot, hot plastic, and it, it's got a moving gimbal, and it, it'll drop drops of hot plastic until it forms a fully 3D thing. Cryptocurrency. Uh. Oh, for the 3D printing... 82% of people think 3D printing is going to be a big part of the future. Oh, yeah. It's already a big part of... of um, the, you know the 3D printers that when they first came out, they were so expensive. I wonder if I... I don't know that I know anybody who has a 3D printer. Oh, we could get one. For yeah. how much? Probably like 500 What am I going to print? Uh, At this point, what, what would I get? You print your own bow and arrows. No, this, the, for 500 we'd get one that could print keychains. Like, small <laughs> stuff. <laughs> if you want the big ones, that's like $5,000 more 50% of people think that uh, cryptocurrency is going to be here for the long haul that's the 50% who understand it no 50% I'm not of even sure that's true. Not understand it. the people who are I, I would say out of people who are into crypto coin not even a majority of them really understand it uh, so 50% say that cryptocurrency is probably going to really take off but only 39% say the same thing about NFTs Oh yeah, that NFTs, seems like, NFTs will not are, be a thing. are a scam. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> NFTs it are is def- just a scam. Are you ready to say yes? NFTs are definitely a scam. Yes, I'm ready to say that. Okay, I'm ready to say that nothing about the blockchain can protect your image, and you're just basically paying for worthless data. Let's uh, take a look at the Mo Show Calendar Daily Almanac of Events. Today is International Girls in Information and Telecommunication Technologies Day. Today is, I'll have more on this, National Superhero Day. Today is Occupational Safety and Health Day. Yeah, go OSHA. Take your daughters and sons to work day. Used to be daughters, but then everything got all PC, and now you got to take your sons too, I guess. We're, I don't see your daughter here. boys complained, and they were like, you got to take us too. I don't see your nephews here, Joanna. That's cool. They have school. It says, it's take your daughters and sons. You don't know your nephews nothing. Joanna. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Buzz. <laughs> Until they change it to daughters and sons and nephews and nieces. Birthdays today include actress Jessica Alba, who is 41. The Property Brothers, who share a birthday. Oh, why? Because they're twins. Oh, that's right. Jonathan and Drew Scott <laughs> are 44. Which one is dating Zoe Deschanel? Scott or Drew. Wait, Scott is their last name, <laughs> Joanna. Oh. oh. Scott or Drew. Or Drew Scott, you Which know. Which one's the other one then? Jonathan. Okay, Jonathan or, or Drew. Scott. I, what? No, Scott's the last name, Damn Joanna. it. Why well, do they have a first name for a last name? They should just be the same person. Either way, I'm jealous. Penelope Cruz is having a birthday. She's 48 today. And actor Jorge Garcia, who played Hurley on Lost... He's 49. Supermodel and Tom Brady's first 
baby's mama. Bridget Moynihan is 51. No, she's in true. I mean, she's in Blue Bloods, sir. <laughs> okay, so I guess she's an actress as well, but. Wait, she was a supermodel? Bridget Moynihan was. Really? She was the New York bitch in Coyote Ugly. Oh. Dude, she had a kid with Tom Brady. Of course she's a supermodel. Oh, you can just be attractive people. Golfer John Daly is 56, known as Long John because of his ability to hit the ball a country mile. <laughs> and he doesn't wear underwear. What? I don't know if that's true. But he does wear these crazy... There's a company that makes these crazy pants. I think they're called Loudmouth. Nice. And he wears these outrageous pants because he's got to deal with them. So <laughs> if you're ever looking for John Daly, you used to be able to, to identify him by his blonde mullet. Well, he doesn't mullet. have the mullet anymore, but now he's got the really loud pan- pants. John Daly's 56. Former Tonight Show host Jay Leno is 72. You know, I think people forget Jay Leno was like the top stand-up at one point, too. Oh. Like people forget, like as a stand-up comedian, he was one of really the best. One of the best. And Anne Margaret, who appeared in, a, in movies with Elvis, uh, is 81 today. So she, you know, well, she was also in the uh, the Grumpy Old Men franchise. 55 years ago this date, 1967, Muhammad Ali was stripped of his uh, boxing titles. He had two of them, WBC and WBA. He was stripped of them because he refused to be inducted into the Army. As Ali famously said, I ain't got no quarrel with those Viet Cong. And this is the thing that reminds me, every time people talk about how uh, wrong... Colin Kaepernick is for what he did. It's like, you know, as upset as you might be at Colin Kaepernick, people were more upset at Muhammad Ali for not being inducted into the army during Vietnam. And somehow we, America got over that somehow. Yeah, but Muhammad Ali kept boxing. Uh, he was banned for boxing for a couple of years. Like they stripped the titles, he was also banned for boxing. And 21 years ago on this date, 2001, a man named Dennis Tito paid $20 million to become the world's first space tourist. So the first time that a rich person went into space just because they were a rich person was 21 years ago. Wow. He spent eight days in orbit around the International Space Station. So I don't know what the uh, Bezos, uh, what's he, Blue Origin? Blue Origin, yeah. Or the SpaceX. No, that's Tesla. I don't know how much that cost, but for $20 million, he got to be in space on the space station for like eight days. It seems like he really got a lot of bang for his buck. We just had a story. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. We just had a story um, last week, I think. There was a group of tourists going up to the uh, ISS last week. I think they've already blasted off, right? Yes, they should already be up there. Oh, they should be up there? Yep. And they're just tourists, just Mm -hmm. rich people? They're spending two weeks. Do you know how much they paid? 50, I want to say. Million? Yeah. They got ripped off. Right. Dennis <laughs> Tito got a deal. In, 20, yeah. tw- in 20, 2001 money. Exactly. I was going to say 2001. <laughs> Today is uh, National Superhero Day, so we're going to take a break, come back. We're going to talk about uh, superheroes. Uh, they have a National Super Day Hero uh, poll, so we can find out. What if I told you the most famous superhero doesn't even crack the top 10. 
in the list that they made this year. So think of who really? you think of as the most famous superhero of the history of the genre, not even in the top ten. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo. Just moments from Fort Bliss, corner of Dyer and Monroe. Find them on social media or PumpingInkTattoo.com. That's PumpingInkTattoo.com. We're going to have somebody on to talk about ranked voting in El Paso. Mm Mm-hmm. Veronica uh, Carbajal. Carbajal, right, who ran for mayor in 2020 as a local attorney, like a community attorney. And there's a group that uh, wants to get that on a ballot to have ranked voting where you don't just vote for the one person you want, you put them in order. This yeah. is my number one choice. I'm, this is an oversimplification, yeah. of course. Here's my number two choice. Uh, I guess and down the list. What if you hate all the... What if you're just like, I don't want to get zero, anybody else... Zero, yeah, right. zero, This guy only gets... Well, then you just put one name, right? I, I don't know. No, I mean, well, that's that, kind of the stuff that I have right. to find out about. You know, what if somebody's like, obstinately, I'm not going to give the Republican, for instance, or I'm not going to give any Democrat even 1% of... Uh, which is, if you allow that to happen, I think that's probably what a lot of people do. The South American penis snakes have been discovered in Florida. They are an invasive species, <coughs> the uh, penis snakes. Excuse me? What? You made me choke on my water. What now? Was that you choking? <laughs> what did you say? Penis snakes are native to Colombia and Venezuela. They're also known as rubber eels, which is what I'm going to start calling oh, penis yep. uh, <laughs> Saw that coming. You seen my rubber eel yet? What's a rubber eel? It's a penis snake. Good band name. The slippery creatures <laughs> were found in the Tamiami Tamiami C- Canal, not far from <laughs> Miami International Airport. Tamiami. Were you thinking? Is this Tamiami? Is this a Miami or is it? <laughs> well, it's not far from the airport in Miami. Okay. <laughs> Uh, DNA test uh, confirmed that they are, uh, in fact, the species native to Colombian Venezuela, making them an invasive species. They can be... (laughs) Did you know that penis snakes, as they're known, because Mm -hmm. of their resemblance, I guess, to penises, penis snakes can vary in size from just a couple of inches (laughs) all the way up to five feet. (laughs) Does it really say five feet? It does say that some of them get it get up to five feet. Typically, they're about two feet long, which is still pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, they look like penis. It's nothing to sneeze at. Have you heard about this show? I know you have because I I think I asked you about it on the After Buzz. It's a Craig Robinson show where he gets into hunting uh, invasive snakes. I think specifically pythons. In Florida, yes, you showed me the trailer. Did it look good to you? It did look good. Um, I didn't know that that snakes were an invasive species. I thought because uh, he's like picking up co- like um, big big boa constrictors and stuff in the in the TV show. Craig Robinson. And I don't know a, if this, I don't know if this is in real life, but so he's with an Uber driver, and the Uber driver stops to kill a snake on the roadside and says, "Oh, we get paid, you know, a certain bounty because they're invasive right. species." Yeah, they're not native to Florida. Uh, pythons, I think, are the ones that they're focusing on in the show called 
Killing It, I believe. Killing the It. Yeah. Ro- killing It. They're native to Asia. Or Burma, <laughs> like the Burmese yeah. python. Yeah. The problem is people got them as pets in Florida, and then they got too big. It's like, oh, you know, I wasn't counting on this. So they just take them out to the swamp and let them go. Well, guess what? There aren't any predators uh, for these kind of snakes in Florida. And they've kind of grown out of control. But there's a show on, I don't even want to guess. Hulu? I want to say Hulu. Craig Robinson about him hunting these snakes. Maybe they'll have a cameo from some penis snakes. Because apparently that's (laughs) part of the ecosystem now. The messed up ecosystem of Florida. The funny part about the show is Craig Robinson's character is deathly afraid deathly afraid afraid of of snakes. snakes. Happy National Superhero Day, everybody. Woo! I've got... Buzz, you're my superhero. Superhero Day was created by Marvel in 1995. It celebrates comic book characters, also real-life superheroes, like first responders that make the world a better place, but let's just stick with fake superheroes for now. <laughs> the Rank- ones that don't make the world a better place. <laughs> Ranker.com has a list of the best comic book superheroes of all time. Over 130,000 people voted. Wow. And the most, this is the biggest shocker, the most famous superhero of all time, not in the top 10. You, you want to guess who I'm talking about? Well, based on the music, I would have to say Superman. Yep, Superman came in number 11 on this what? list. What? People are fools. So let's go down the top 10 here real quick. Also, I got a call overnight uh, from Stoner Guy, who's a big DC fan. Good for you, Stoner Guy. It's almost to the point where Stoner Guy is almost trying to pick a fight about Marvel and DC. (laughs) So I'll go on the record saying there are some movies based on DC characters that I've thought were very good. Superlative. Do we have to say movies? Can't you talk about just the character as a comic character? Uh, Yeah, if you want me to. Yeah. Batman's a good character. They've done good ones with him, and they've done bad ones with him. Sure. Yeah. Number one, best comic book superhero of all time, according to Ranker, Spider-Man. Spider-Man's a good one. Number two, Batman. Yes. Number three, Wolverine. Yep, classic. Number four, Iron Man. Yeah, I want to just stop the list here for a second. To remind people that it was not that long ago that Iron Man was not considered a very valuable property. So when Marvel, uh, they were on the verge of bankruptcy in the 90s, so they sold a lot of their the, the movie rights. Right. That's why Sony ended up with the rights to, I think, X-Men. So the, the heavy Fantastic hitters, Four. the ones that, that other studios were interested in were Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and X-Men, but specifically Wolverine. You know, yes. like he... Iron Man was not one of the, I mean, in the comic books, yeah, Iron Man in the a comic big part books, of the Marvel yes. Universe, but when it came down to selling off their properties, Sony was very interested in Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and Wolverine, not that interested in Iron Man. Iron Man only became this hugely popular after Marvel made their own after movie. After they made it. their own movie about it. Well, in the 90s, there was even a, the uh, a, a Iron Man cartoon show, so he was still a popular character. Number five, Deadpool. Again, probably just because of the movies. People probably never had heard of a Deadpool comic or really knew what the character was like before the comic books. 
Well, the movies are just reach such a more broad audience. Absolutely, but I think that I mean, affects... if you're if you're a comic book fan, they know that you're going to go see. Well, the movie but I think it, it affects then, these lists of best superhero. Right, yeah, because of all time. now you've got people who maybe have never really opened a comic book before who are familiar with these characters because the movies were such a big deal, right? Right, and it's a, maybe it's a, a great comic book movie superhero. Thor. Before they introduced Thor in the Marvel Cinematic, I bet most people, you know, people might have been vaguely aware that there was a long-haired superhero mm-hmm. who had a hammer called Thor, but I wouldn't have expected him to make the list. Number seven, Captain America. One of my favorites. Always a popular one since the 40s. Number eight, the Hulk. Sure, Hulk super powerful. Hulk smashes stuff. People are going to like that. They never really figured out how to make a Hulk movie where he was the main character. Or they didn't do that Eric Bana, Edward Norton. You're right. You notice that Hulk has been popular Lou only Ferrigno. when he's... When he's <laughs> that was a popular TV show. That was a TV show. That was a popular TV they show. They even had a cartoon, I think, for Hulk. But do you know what I mean? Like uh, in yeah. the, any of the Marvel movies, the Hulk movies have not... They haven't worked. Number nine is The Flash. Yeah. I'm just watching The Flash on the CW series right now. It's got eight seasons. They just went to Earth-19 and picked up one of the Earth-19 superheroes. So they're just going to different Earths? Uh, there's about 52 Earths, which you'll find in the comic books, yeah. Number 10, Wonder Woman. So Wonder Woman edges out Superman, who comes in number 11. You know, I, I always like... They put it in a way where you could either upvote or downvote, and a bunch of people downvoted Superman. Because they're just Superman haters, probably. Maybe Superman haters. I've always thought Superman is kind of an uninteresting character because he can do anything. And if he can't do it, they just write it in. So the first Superman movie, which, you know, was a popular movie, the one with, not the first, but the the one with Christopher Reeves. Yes. It's like Superman. You can't hurt him except with kryptonite. So of course they got to find some kryptonite. Mm-hmm. He get, he's the strongest, the also, fastest. Also, Red Sun can take also, him down. When it gets to the point at the end of the movie, oh, he can turn back time by flying counterclockwise around the Earth and reversing the... Well, that's not a power from the comic books, but he, I mean, he can go through time and run fast enough to do time travel, I think. Like like the Flash. It's just anything, it's just too powerful. It's like having God as a super character. Which is why I think it makes him more of a more compelling character, because instead of being a rich billionaire that puts on a mask to hide your face from criminals... Superman's real mask is Clark Kent. Clark, the normal everyday guy, is actually the fake. I saw Kill Bill too. I know how it goes. <laughs> don't try and pull this out. You're not Bill, and I'm not the bride, so don't even try. The rest of the top twenty includes Black Panther coming in at thirteen. That's probably uh, you know a lot of that's due to the success of the movies. Probably, yeah. The Punisher at fifteen. I actually thought the Punisher would be a little bit higher. Black Widow at seventeenth. Believe me, before you know, Black Wid- uh, before Shark- Scarlett Johansson showed up in those movies, most people had no idea who Black Widow no, was. Not at all. Silver Surfer twentieth. You know, one thing that this kind of points out: the Fantastic Four should be a lot more popular than they are on this list. But they it just was have at bung- one time they have bungled it so bad when they try and do movies. It was the most popular comic imprint that they had. Marvel had at the time. It was the most popular characters. The team itself was the most popular. So I, it's really hard for me to see why they couldn't translate that into a movie. 
Venom at number fourteen. I thought Venom was a was a super a fan. villain. Uh, he is a villain. Well, he's an antihero because he does a he has a face turn um, later on. Scarlet Witch eighteen. That's that's definitely because of the movies and the TV show. Well, I mean, if you're a fan of the comic books, you'd know about House of M and how uh, the Scarlet Witch actually takes away half of the mutants' powers in the Earth. So she has a huge role to play. As I'm going down the list, the first member of the of the Fantastic Four that makes the list of popular superheroes is the Thing. Ben Grimm, thirty-two. Yeah. It's clobbering time. It's clobbering time. So I think it cuts both ways. If people really like the movies, I think it's boosted the popularity, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think they bungled Fantastic Four so much that it's actually cost them those Fans, characters' yeah. popularity. Uh, so happy National Superhero Day, everybody. So you're telling me Marvel added Greek mythology and all that into their story and everything. And all y'all people relate more to that than DC. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Relate to a real story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of ingenious when you think about it. Like, it's the 60s, and they've created the Fantastic Four, and they've created Marvel, that is, created Spider Man. And at some point, they're like, is there anything in the public domain? Oh, mythology. We can make Thor a hero. Did. Did DC Comics ever do that? Did they dip into world mythology and absolutely? Uh, Wonder Woman comes. She's a Amazon. She's Amazonian. She comes from Themyscira. Uh, she fights Ares. The god Ares oh, yeah. is her. Biggest oh yeah, rival. that's a good point. Yeah. So they definitely they have a whole uh, Olympian gods as part of the. They, they do. Yeah, they do. Well, guess what? Zeus is going to show up in uh, the new Thor movie, according to the preview, which I did a breakdown of a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool. Russell Crowe's going to play Zeus. Really? But the biggest, the, the Greek, That's a the good Greek god who was the most popular comic book character for Marvel was Hercules, and I, I don't know that I saw him in the trailer for, for Thor, Love, and Thunder. Hercules was an Avenger. He was a West Coast Avenger. He was a Defender at one point. <laughs> I think he was everything except a X-Men. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. We're going to have some news headlines we're going to talk to Veronica Carbajal, ran for mayor in 2020, and she's going to be talking about ranked voting, which is something they would like to at least put on a ballot uh, to see if El Pasoans would be interested in rank, ranked voting system. Some people say it makes it more fair because you're sure. giving multiple choices. I'm willing to hear the, yeah. the case about that. So that's coming up a little bit later and in just about 15 minutes. So probably at the end of news, Joanna... You got the uh, cash code keywords. We got one more one more day after today of cash code keywords and go fund yourself. Yep. All right. At about a quarter past every hour starting this hour, we're going to have a cash code keyword. Remember the way it works. When you hear a keyword that you haven't entered, go and enter it on klaq.com or the KLAQ mobile app. Look for, that's right, you could go fund yourself. Every day there's a $2,000 winner. Grand prize money of $10,000 could be yours. Just listen for the cash code keywords today and tomorrow. And then for the spring, we're done. That'll be it for the go fund yourself. Time to get into news headlines. And with our news, here is Nico and Jimmy. Good morning, Nico. Good morning, Buzz. As if COVID isn't enough to worry about, now measles cases are soaring. They're up 79% around the world. 
The United Nations warns this could trigger outbreaks of other diseases affecting millions of children this year. Officials say the pandemic has interrupted interrupted vaccination campaigns and overwhelmed hospitals, creating a perfect storm. They predict yellow fever could be next after rising cases in West Africa. They keep check. They, the key to keeping it in check, say experts, vaccinations. While U.S. diplomats began returning to Kiev, Ukraine for day trips on Tuesday, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said Wednesday that he hopes to move toward reopening the U.S. embassy in Kiev in the next few weeks. Blinken appeared on Capitol Hill on Wednesday for his second of three days of testimony about the Biden administration's budget request. Blinken said the administration will put forward a request for supplemental funding in the next couple of days after President Joe Biden exhausted the funding in his presidential drawdown authority to provide weapons and other military aid immediately to Ukraine. Are they talking about opening the embassy and sending ambassadors and U.S. personnel back to Kiev? Yes, they are. How do they do that without some kind of assurance that Russia is not going to be sending bombs over? I, I don't think there is, and I don't think they would be sending um, families with them, most likely. Uh, the robust assistance request will include funding for aid to Ukraine and other U.S. partners and allies and for a functioning U.S. embassy in Kiev, he said. You better put it underground or something then, right? It's, it probably will be dangerous, but uh, it is a brave thing that they're doing it's to help the Ukrainians. It's an essential part of standing by the Ukrainians. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Right. And the Minnesota Department of Human Rights Wednesday slammed the city of Minneapolis and its police department for what it described as a pattern or practice of race discrimination in violation of the Minnesota Human Rights Act. The newly released findings from a nearly two-year investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department launched days after the police killing of George Floyd paint a stunning portrait of an agency with a culture of hatred toward people of color. In reviewing body cam footage, discipline records, and interviewing community members and officers, investigators reported finding a litany of vile racist and misogynistic slurs made by officers against suspects, community members, and even other colleagues. Among the troubling behaviors and comments, the report found MPD officers used covert social media accounts to pose as black community members to criticize city officials and members of the NAACP. That's a pretty big one. So you're saying people were going on saying, I'm African-American, and here I want to criticize like local African-Americans mm-hmm. for people who have complaints against the police department. Right. And, and it, in case you're wondering, oh, was this a part of an undercover investigation maybe? No. Those social media med- the, the social media work wasn't a part of any criminal investigation. Who were the people who, di- who compiled the, the data? Uh, it, was it, this the city or was the this? The Minnesota Department of Human Rights. Okay. So it's a state department. Okay. All right. Um, what else did they find out? MPD officers are more likely to use more severe force against black people than white people in similar circumstances and treat black and white people differently during traffic stops because of the race. If you wondered, there have been a lot of studies around the country for decades, and you're wondering, uh, oh, so you're saying white cops are racist. No, they're saying black cops are racist too. Like the, mm-hmm. the the different treatment based on ethnicity even applies if the officer right. is a minority. Yes, exactly. The department teaches an approach to policing that emphasizes aggression, helping create a culture that results in unnecessary escalation and or excessive force during encounters. Uh, the 
Minneapolis Police Department maintains an organizational culture where officers consistently use racist, misogynistic, and otherwise disrespectful language against suspects and community members. And when that behavior surfaces on body cam video, it makes prosecu- prosecution harder. They they did this in California. I think it was San, San Francisco, you know, which is a pretty liberal part of the country. But they examined body cam footage, and if the driver were were Caucasian, the officers, black and white or mm-hmm. Hispanic, were more likely to use sir or right. as a form of address. If it was an African-American, both black and white were more likely to use something like bro or uh-huh. hmm. dude, you know, something more, less cordial right, or less formal, I guess. And this was something that showed up in a study that they did in an entirely different state. Well, here they're saying that this kind of language actually makes prosecutions harder and therefore undermines the criminal justice system. And one officer investigating a sexual assault case allegedly said that a man could not be guilty of rape if he and his victim had children together. Those are just some of the things found uh, by the Minnesota Department of uh, of Health. Here is the commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Human Rights describing the results. That one to me is the one that stands out the most. Like, why would you be I'm doing I'm going to get that? on social media. I'm going to get an argument, and I'm going to claim falsely that I am an African-American. Well, by, by doing that, it's like you have to st- uh, open up account. You have to find a picture of whoever you intend to look like. Upload that. What I mean is there's a lot of intent to starting a fake social media account. So it, I feel like it would be very hard for anybody to be like, oh, it's just an accident. Here's mayor, the mayor of Minneapolis describing his feelings towards the new report. Well, Elon Musk may have already broken his first agreement with Twitter. One of the clauses in his contract states he's allowed to tweet about the merger so long as such tweets do not disparage any Twitter representatives. Two days ago, Musk did rail against two separate Twitter employees. Wait, isn't that kind of censorship? Hey, you could tweet, but you can't tweet anything negative about anybody that works for the company. No, this is a this is a merger uh, contract solution. So they're saying you want to buy our company, this company. You okay. have to agree not to. Not well, because you know that some in in these contract negotiations that they say like there's a non disclosure agreement. You can't talk about the contract sure. till a certain okay. point. Right. Or there's all these stipulations. But I mean, it does kind of make the case that Twitter curtails free speech if they're saying you can't say anything negative during this process. If you want to look at it that, if you want to look at it as, oh, it's breaking a contract law or a contract that, you know, you put in, that's something different. Right? I guess. It's like a non-disclosure. I've always thought like when you're exiting a place and they want you to sign a non-disclosure, it's kind of like, oh, so I can't. Right. I can't get my side of the story. Not if you want to get paid, you don't. Well, I'm, you know, just, like I'm sure they just don't want him buying ri- someone's compliance. Yeah, but this is a deal where uh, it could affect all of the 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 money and then the stock price okay, of things. Fine. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about w- with him uh, breaking. He he tweeted something bad about some Twitter lawyers. I think right. Uh, yes. Um, two days ago, Musk did rail against two separate Twitter employees. Vijaya Gad is Twitter's top lawyer and head of trust and safety. She's also behind some controversial censorship moves, like blocking a New York Post link to the Hunter Biden laptop story. When a post appeared about blocking the New York Post story, Musk commented, suspending the Twitter account of a major news organization for publishing a truthful story was obviously incredibly inappropriate. Later, he commented on a post about Twitter lawyer Jim Baker, a former FBI general counsel, that said he facilitated fraud. Musk's response was, that sounds pretty bad. 
So it doesn't sound like it's too much, but it sounds like if if Elon Musk breaks any more rules, there's a one billion dollar fine and penalty for for the merger not going through. A one billion dollar. Yeah, that's like one forty fourth of the entire deal. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make the case? We got to take a break, but we'll come back and do part two of the news. Did you make the case earlier that spam bots are a form of free speech? Absolutely, spam bots. Uh, was talking about rape. Uh, talking about uh, showing porn is a form of free speech. Uh, talking about decapitations, violence, um, even talking about things like pedophilia are all considered forms of legal, legal free speech, which means the government could not arrest you for just saying those things. But Twitter could have a policy against it. And if. Well, no, but he- remember, Elon Musk said he wants his rule, content moderation to just mirror laws. I want, he said, I want Twitter. So you would be able to get on and talk about sex sex with you know or yeah. rape and he, that's as long as it's fr- under the legal definition of free speech that's what he said he wants well here's the thing yeah, elon musk yeah here's the thing elon musk the first thing he said he wants to do is get rid of spam bots on twitter those are a form of free speech for the whoever's creating the spam bot it's their ability to go out there and, and write a program to spam people to with spam advertisements people. right is it yeah. Well, they should change that and make it. What I'm saying is, he, I'm sure he has a double standard for what really constitutes free speech. If, if he's saying it's just going to be based on the legal version of it. I mean, you can you can say in, in your private life, you can use the N-word. You could say whatever all, you want. All, Horrible, you could terrible. Say all Republicans should be, uh, have their citizenships. You could say all of this stuff. And that's, that's covered under the First Amendment. It's not covered under most user agreements with private social media entities. Right, which is a private corporation. So are they asking, well, Elon, are all those people now welcome? Is all that that discussion welcome now on Twitter? Elon has yet to respond. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Uh, Let's get back to our news. (laughs) Where did we leave off? Uh, The SpaceX crew. Four new astronauts are now safely aboard the International Space Station. You know what? I want to put something forward. Tell me if you agree with it in principle. Sure. If you're just paying to go to space and you don't, you're not essential to the functioning of the mission. Of the station, yeah. You're not a crew. You're the passengers. You can't say you were an astronaut. Well, that is a whole other issue. But just saying the crew, the crew. Okay. of this space act or is it SpaceX or yeah, is it SpaceX? Blue? Okay, SpaceX. If you're just a rich person that paid for a seat, you're not the crew. You're True. a passenger. Visitor, yeah. Nobody refers to the people on the Titanic as the crew just because they bought a seat on the Titanic, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. No, if you fly don't. if you fly on a commercial plane, you're not part of the crew just because you paid for a ticket. If you're just paying for a ticket, you don't get I don't think you get to call yourself a, a crew member or an astronaut. I wonder if they actually have guest rooms on the International Space Station or did they have to get some other scientists out and be like, "Sorry, we've got the rich people." Dude, you're going to have to hit the couch this week. We got rich people. <laughs> <laughs> The that's couch never your, stays flat, though. That's why you brought your space sleeping bags, <laughs> because we got to have rich people. <laughs> well, the SpaceX crew uh, four consists of three NASA astronauts and one European Space Agency astronaut. They docked their Dragon capsule, dubbed Freedom. Oh, wait, so they actually are astronauts. These are, oh, okay, okay. Not, this, uh, not the... Going forward, though, going if you're forward. only there because you paid a lot of money or you're a celebrity, 
You're not a member of the crew. You're a passenger. Same for if you go on a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Less than 16 hours after launching from Cape Canaveral. They're replacing another four-member team set to end their mission this week. As we told you earlier, the new ISS crew members include Jessica Watkins, the first black woman to be part of an extended stay at the station. Okay. She'll be there for the next six months. So these are actual astronauts. These are the They're just hitching a ride on a SpaceX. Yes. Okay. But there was the story about there were about four people that went up to the station uh, either last week or the week before. Oh, that has also happened. Yes. Do we know who these people are and how much they shelled out, or is that none of our business? I think they did. I think their names are public. I don't know them, but their names are public, okay. I think. Oklahoma, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt signed a bill Tuesday that bans the use of non-binary gender markers on state birth certificates. It's the first ban of its kind in the U.S., according to LGBTQ uh, advocacy groups. Several states have done this, uh, done the exact opposite in recent years, allowing citizens to use non-binary gender markers on state documents. The bill follows a 2021 civil case against the Oklahoma State Department of Health. The agency was sued after it refused to allow a non-binary option on a birth certificate. The department settled the lawsuit and allowed the use of the non-binary option. Despite the settlement, Stitt issued an executive order that would prohibit people from changing their gender on birth certificates. A federal lawsuit against the state from land illegal is ongoing and seeks to allow transgender people to correct the gender marker of their choice. I've... Ever since he's been governor, I thought that's a funny name. Stitt. Kevin Stitt. Stitt, because it also sounds like Kevin's... <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Stitt. Kevin Stitt. Ke- Kevin Stitt. Yeah. Google will now enable users to request removals from search results that contain personal informations. Sorry, Google is expanding its appeals process for removing search listings that may include some personal information, which will include your contact information, your uh, phone number and email address, or your physical address, as explained by Google. Under this new policy expansion, people can now request removals of additional types of information when they find it in search results. The policy also allows for the removal of additional information that may pose a risk for identity theft, such as confidential login credentials when it appears in search results. John Oliver did a segment on this a couple of weeks ago, and my takeaway from it was that basically you have to go through this process, which can be a pain in the neck, and they might remove it, but then it automatically just goes back up, and then you have to do the whole thing again. So you would have to constantly be asking to take your name. So what this is going to be doing, it's going to allow you to take your information Away from Google's index. Does that mean anything to you? Google's index. So so this is the difference between the, the dark web or the deep web and the one that we can get on. Is that Google yeah, But aren't there other search engines too? I mean, does it not apply to those other search engines? Uh I Kev, uh, Kevin. Kevin Stitt. Kevin Stitt. <laughs> <laughs> John Oliver's whole thing made the case. Yeah, you could go through it, remove it because maybe you don't want to be stalked or maybe, you know Right. Uh, you're hiding from somebody for some reason, and it's like, yeah, you could go through this, but as things are in place right now, eventually your information is out there again anyway. Well, this is a brand new thing. It's like yeah. a week old, um, and so it, they probably did have a harder time doing it. But the, Do you remember the thing where it was like uh, people aren't going to be allowed to call you on your cell phone for spam messages anymore? 
That was a thing when did you that, could yeah, sign up for. When did that happen? I don't know, like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> there was like a don't do not a federal do not call list. I think I'm still getting spam. I get calls. spam more spam than I did 20 years ago. Well, I think, you know, for people that worry about stalking, uh, this is going to be really important. Taking your phone number off of the internet and maybe your email address as well. Yeah, good luck keeping it off, though, is what I'm saying. What this is saying is it's going to prevent it from getting... Google's not comprehensive. Google Google has something called a crawler. Do you know what crawling the web web means? I know what web crawler is. It used to be my favorite search engine. Like when the internet first came out. Awesome. Web crawler. Perfect. A web crawler. Google has a web crawler and it, it picks up every single word in the internet and indexes them into a, a giant All right. Excel spreadsheet. Um, so what they're saying, this will t- allow you to take that away from it, basically. Uh, this could have an impact on social networks having to reassess their listings to ensure that they comply with these new regulations. And that's it for the news. I'm Nico Jiren. <laughs> All right, we're going to be talking about ranked uh, voting and why uh, one group in El Paso wants that to be on ballot, that when you vote on uh, in certain races, you don't just vote for who you want, you put them in order of who you want. Mm-hmm. So Veronica Carbajal, you might remember, ran for mayor in 2020. That was the race that Oscar Leeser eventually won. But uh, she's behind this. She's in favor of it. She's going to be on to talk about it with us coming up in just a few moments. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, Joanna's is going to have entertainment news uh, coming up. We're going to push that back a little bit today because uh, Veronica Carbajal, who ran for mayor in 2020, is a longtime uh, community attorney. And I'd say activist. Would you say, Absolutely. Vero, you're an activist? Okay. Uh, and she's here to talk about El Pasoans for fair elections and some of the things that are covered under that include limiting campaign contributions, which I definitely want to talk about, but implementing rank choice voting. And actually, I had a question uh, from one of our app chatters, somebody using the app, and they sent in a question. Pretty good question. What's the point of ranked voting? They can just use the second number of most votes to get that. Uh-huh. Uh so what what is the point of ranking oh votes? Okay, so the, really, to me, the 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 point of ranked choice voting is giving people choices, right? So that what happens um, often is that the big money candidate um, is seen as a safer candidate. So someone's gonna you know thinking like thinking about you know the mayoral race for instance. If people were like, I really like Veto, but she doesn't have a lot of money. She's not on TV. It's gonna be if if she loses, my vote is you know basically going to DeMarco. Like he's gonna win. Um, versus having the choice of saying, okay, Veto's my number one. Oscar Leisure's my number two. So my vote isn't going to get lost. It's not going to go to DeMargo. You know, it's going to go to my second choice, which was Oscar. I'm not saying that was the case for a lot of people. Maybe it was. Um, But it happens. It it could happen locally at a statewide and and federal level. So what this does is it gives you uh, up to five choices, depending on the number of candidates. Right. And so you go to the ballot and you say, here's my number one, my number two, three, four and five. So if your number one is eliminated in the first round because they didn't have enough votes, then your vote goes to number two. Who was your number two? And then they look at how your number, you know, how the number two is doing. And if number two is eliminated, then your vote goes to the number three choice that you had and so on and so forth. So it's an instant runoff. Do you have to, if you participate 
Oh, well, let's back it up a step here. Instant runoff is an interesting word. Where, where are they doing this already? Uh, do there, they have it in places in the United States already? Yes. There, okay. are, there are a couple of cities. One of them is in Washington State. Um, it's, it, it's seen as a way to encourage people to go vote. Right. Because, again, people often think like my candidate doesn't really ha- they're amazing, but they don't have a great chance or grassroots. So I'm going to throw my vote to. Yeah, that's a point. Right. So I'm going to just go behind Biden instead of Bernie. I'm going right. to go behind Oscar instead of Veto. Like those kinds of decisions are made by a lot of people Absolutely. who are just nervous about like, really, I'm going to, you know, what if we lose to a Republican or, you know, in, in El Paso's case, it's that was a concern. Uh, so the places they're using it, what's the highest level? Is it pretty much local or do they have it? Local, uh, yeah. yes, yes. And right now there's a big push in Texas to get more and more cities to um, to get ranked choice voting on the books and to actually implement it. And so Austin did this. They put it on a ballot initiative and it's part of their rules now, but it hasn't been implemented because their city manager is afraid of getting sued. There's an, a secretary of state opinion that says that ranked choice voting isn't allowed in Texas, but that's actually not the case. It's never been tested in the courts. And so we know that we could get it on the on the books and that we can implement it. And if the AG wants to sue us, they can sue us. But I don't think that's going to happen. There's really been a big push throughout the state. Um, other cities are trying to go through their city council to implement it. Um, in Dallas, San Antonio has a movement. There are other cities that are realizing that this is also a way to save money. Runoffs are really expensive, right? We're paying two to three hundred dollars, three hundred thousand dollars to have these runoff elections where almost no one shows up to vote. And so then you also have a very small population voting in December, um, you know, in the city elections now that um, is deciding the future of our community. And so that's also another reason why. What's going to happen if this were in place and somebody gets elected to office and they were nobody's first pick. You know, what if I mean, would people see that as a flaw? It's like this person got elected, but no, they were nobody's first pick. But that means that they were somebody that they were they were the third pick for more people, mm-hmm. right? And is that a good thing necessarily? I think it's more democratic than what we have now. It's All right. About, so what, how about if people came in there was ranked voting, and this is how you fill out the ballot, and people are just I'm just going to put the name of the first the person that I like the most, and I'm going to put them in every spot. Um, would they? Would that be a, well, a valid ballot? You can do that, and then if your number one gets eliminated, that's it. Your vote is gone. So you're well, saying you that know, that's what you, you want. know. As fractured as things are now, there are mm-hmm. Democrats that would not vote for a Republican, and there are Republicans who are. I'm never giving any percentage of my vote to any Democrat, right. and that's probably going to be a hard habit to break. But that's especially much, now. That, that's much less of a problem at the local level. Partisanship is still an issue, but when you when you have to get into those type uh, of decisions, I think the local stuff has kind of been dragged but, into it. So much of it has just become about your identity politically that people I are think. like, I'm, you know, you t- take somebody who's commenting online, they hate all Democrats or they hate mm-hmm. all Republicans, regardless of whether it's a local or a state. You know, I think a lot of it just gets swept up into this national psychosis that's going on. But what you're saying is that like right now, yes, that is that is currently what happens, right? So you could just have a number one and say that is who I'm voting for and that's it. That is your choice. But you shouldn't be able to make that choice for everyone else. You have other folks who are more open-minded who are thinking like, you know, I have a safe choice, but I have the best choice. And I'd 
I'd like to put both of them on the ballot and and not throw my vote away um, and and you know vote with with basically the safety of it in mind. And so that's really what this is about is giving people something to be excited about too because sometimes people don't vote cuz they're like oh that's a sure win or that's a sure loss what's the point. Mm-hmm. And so we really are looking to make all of these um, rules a mechanism for getting people excited about voting and to take ownership of City Hall, which we've lost. Can you can you go into it again? It, what I'm looking or seeing it is called uh, instant runoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all it's called ranked choice or instant runoff. Yeah. So in in places you know where it's been implemented, you don't get election results that night because the the numbers are being worked through, right? People are being eliminated, your vote's getting reshuffled. And so, but it's instant. Um, So you don't, again, you don't have to go to a runoff in a couple of, in six weeks. That sounds like the best part that you don't have to pay money for these runoffs. And you don't have to go through a campaign again for six weeks. You don't have to convince people to come out to vote. I mean, there's a lot of There are going to be certain voters out there who are going to see this as a way to rig the vote or as some way to make it so complicated. You know, you say this counting goes on. There's some people who are like, this is just a trick to find out some way to There'll be cons- there'll be conspiracy theorists for sure. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and and I think sometimes when people are given it's a big change or they're they you know it, they're giving too many choices. I think like there must be something wrong with this. Mm. It actually there isn't. Sometimes the best the the uh, most honest uh, option is actually the best option. Are there any countries in the world that have this on a larger scale and that you can point to and say they've definitely had success with rank voting in some successful? You know, government. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, a lot of you know, different European governments are run differently, right? They have more sure. representation than than we do. They have more parties and two parties, which is what we we have in the United States. Um, and so, this is part of um, what they use in in different um, communities. We're focusing on the U.S. because we want to be able to implement it in the U.S. and certainly in Texas. And so, that's been our focus. And people. I think, you know, we've been collecting signatures. We need to collect 11,000 signatures by mid-May in order to get this even before city council. And then we have to do that again. Uh, We have a very tough ballot initiative um, ordinance. Basically, ballot initiatives are the way that People, not government, can put rules in the books and can put books, um, excuse me, put rules on the ballot. And so we're trying to do that through these initiatives. Um, and when we talk to people, I mean, we've talked to over 6,000 people at this point. They are so excited when we talk about ranked choice voting. They're like, we don't know what that is. And then we tell them, you would have a choice. And they're like, oh, that is awesome. Do you think I would most of the 6,000 really get it? Yes. You I think, think they, so. They I mean, fundamentally comprehend what the what the premise is. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Yeah. It seems like it's also being used in in a lot of other states. You know, I, I see New York City, uh, Utah, Vermont. They they all have some form of ranked choice voting. Uh, let's talk about campaign contributions. So, uh, if you were to ask people, how what do you think the limit is for how much somebody can donate to a local campaign? People Pe- might have a guess, but yeah, I might. Guess, actual- I would guess mm, five thousand. Veronica is a local uh, campaign limit right now. There is no limit. What you can? Some insane billionaire could donate a million dollars to one candidate in a local election. Yeah, they- that is correct. So I could become mayor. Mm-hmm. You just have to find 
Well, I mean, a billion dollars. The, the election still has to take place. <laughs> right. It's just you would probably get better TV commercials. Right. That's a good point. You still couldn't become mayor. That's a good point. <laughs> we, we know that voter ID is key, right? People have to, name ID in, in elections is really key, right? People have to recognize your name. Um, they may not even know that you're on the ballot, but if they show up to vote and they see your name on the ballot, they're like, oh, I know that person from TV. I saw their commercials. And it's expensive to get name ID. If you're not a community person that's working in the community, it's expensive to to buy that kind of um, promotion. Right. And so um, right now there are there are limits for other kinds of races, but not for city council and not for mayor. And this issue is really, really important to me for a million different reasons. Um, but I remember the League of Women Voters had a debate and they asked um, the mayoral candidates, do you believe in campaign finance reform? And Dean Margo's answer was like, no, because the candidates can take out a personal loan. If they really want to run, they can borrow money and run. And it was such a hypocritical answer because he's never had to borrow a dime. He is in the circles of people who donate and donate big. And so, um, you know, I, I like to tell stories and you can cut me off, Buzz, if it's too long. But, you know, I grew up in Juarez. My grandparents um, read the paper every single day and they would refer to politicians as rateros, as thieves. <laughs> and my great-grandfather was actually a mayor of um, of Guadalupe, which is across from Fabens. So I was nine years old. We had a conversation, and I was like, Patano, why did you become a thief? Like, you were a politician. <laughs> like, what, what, you know? And he said, that is true. They are. And I became one because I got tired of seeing them exploit my people. So you know what I did? I joined the party. At the time, it was the PRI, the only party. And I became the treasurer. I wanted to see where the money was coming from and I wanted to see where it was going because it was not going to the people. So then I became mayor. And what I did, I changed the infrastructure. I made the roads more accessible. I helped people get their product to market. All of the things that you're supposed to do when you care about people. And that doesn't happen. I mean, but, you know, now it's 2022 in the United States, in El Paso, Texas. We don't have any kind of limit on that. Right. So what we have is people who are willing to sell out. And this does two terrible things to our voting system. One, voters are like, why should I vote? I don't give $10,000. I don't give mm -hmm. $20,000. They're not going to pick up the phone when I call and complain about animal services, the streets, the libraries, all these city services, right? So one, why should I even bother? And then two, people who are really honest and grassroots candidates don't want to run for office. I was one of them. Mm -hmm. The late Enrique Moreno and then Carmen Rodriguez were the two people who kept insisting. And I kept saying, one, I love working in the community. I like fixing things. So that's why I'm a lawyer um, at Legal Aid. And two... I don't want to sell myself. I have never been beholden to anyone. I don't want to start now. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to answer to someone who gave me a big contribution and expects me to give them a tax incentive or a tax break or a land swap. I'm not going to do that. And how else can I win unless I sell myself out? And then I ran. And I ran a very successful campaign. We raised a lot of money. But I had, you know, I had limits on myself in, in terms of who I would take money from. Okay. Uh, I talked to somebody. I'm not going to say what it was or what the race was, but somebody told me, Many years ago that, and this goes to how many people are these big money don uh, donators. They said, you know, in El Paso, in a local election, if you donate a hundred bucks, you're considered a major player in El Paso. <laughs> how often are people giving $10,000 donations? Does that happen often? It does. It does. Um, the, the great thing about, um, the, one of the few great things about um, campaign financing is that the reporting requirements are pretty tough. 
You have you to gotta re- identify who you Absolutely. are. And-, and you have to do it in a timely manner, right? So if you look at, if you're an elected official already, like if you're already mayor or city council and you're getting campaign contributions, probably because you're thinking of running again for the same seat, you have to disclose that during city council meetings, right? So you can look at the agendas and you can see, you know, so for instance, I looked, I was looking at something else. I tend to look at the city council agenda just in general because stuff really bothers me. And Isabel Salcido, District 5, she got about $25,000 she had to disclose at one meeting. That's a lot of money for a city rep. $25,000, but from how many It was about, it was different people. Um, but they gave anywhere from a thousand to five thousand. Paul Foster gave five thousand. All right. And so, when you look at their finance reports, right? When you look at DeMarco's finance reports from that election, even currently now, District Eight, Cecily Saragas, just as bad. Their finance reports are actually quite thin. It, it, it doesn't take you a long time to look at them because they don't have a lot of donors. They just have big money donors. And in El Paso, I would say it's not a hundred dollars. It's actually a thousand and higher. And some of them are getting ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars when you look at the entirety of their campaign, which is you know sometimes two years, four years while they're sitting in office. And so it does add up, and it does become a nice little coffer for them to then mm-hmm. use to run and to outspend and outpromote other candidates who are not willing to do that or who don't have the connection. And, it, you know, it's very telling when I knew that I wouldn't be approached by big money. Like, they're not going to want me. And also, I don't want them. Right. But it's also to me very curious to think like these people. Why did Paul Foster approach these people? He knew that they could they would take his money and then turn around and give him two million dollars for the Crest building, um, you know, to demolish Duranguito, like all those things. And whether you're for or against downtown redevelopment, I want to remind people that the money the taxes that that will you know will be raised from improving downtown buildings stays downtown. Let's talk about that here for a second. So uh, I forget what the the acronym is T I Z R or something I Z. I'm <laughs> getting it wrong. They're called TIRS. T I R Z. T I R Z. Turds. 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 Not turds. Okay. Turds. My bad. And what what does that mean? Because I I bet a lot of people I didn't know about this. If you pay your taxes downtown, that doesn't get spread out to the rest the of the city. city that's going to benefit everybody. It stays in that area where, right. which you're developing and you probably got your finger in the pie. That's right. That's can, right. Can you elaborate on that, Eddie? I mean, there, uh, tours were, I think, initially designed to help underdeveloped communities, right? Communities that were struggling um, because they, they didn't pay, they didn't have... Like, a tax base. Think, like, think about Segundo Barrio or the Chamizal or the Lower Valley, communities that really don't have a tax base, um, where the property, the residential property values are really low. They don't have a lot of commercial properties paying a lot of taxes. So the idea is that you create a TERS so that the money that that community does generate doesn't get diluted in the general fund, and it stays in that community. But they've been abused, right? So you have some uh, TERS downtown, which includes some small pockets of poverty, um, to then justify keeping the money there. Um, and so it's very problematic when you have these kinds of things and they no longer serve their purpose. And you have people getting lots of money to do city public money to do development there, but then the money doesn't trickle down to anyone because it stays and, and helps them again. And so right now, property taxes are 
a huge problem, but they've been a huge problem for decades in El Paso. And as a lawyer at Legal Aid, I've seen it. I've seen the consequences of that, right? I see my clients who are deferring their taxes, which means that when they die, their kids are going to inherit taxes, not property value. I see people taking out really expensive predatory tax loans to pay off their taxes. People who think that reverse mortgages will help. No, actually, when you take out a reverse mortgage, you lose your right to defer and you actually have to pay your taxes every year. Um, People who are taking out home equity loans just to be able to keep up or who are deferring making repairs, right? It's like, do I fix my roof or do I pay my taxes? And then what does that do? That depreciates the value of your property in the long run and causes all kinds of problems. Back to the issue of campaign contributions real quick. What would El uh, El Pasoans for fair elections, what would they like to see that capped at? $1,000. Okay. $1,000 is the most you can give to any one candidate. Yes. You could give $1,000 to as many candidates as you want to. That's right. Um. Speaking of property taxes, this is in the El Paso Times today. Do you agree El Paso property taxes are way out of line with what you know, median income is and the taxes that are paid in other Texas cities. 100%. Okay. And let me, give me tell you I think sure. that's the thing that a lot of people could agree on. Our property taxes are way, way too high in El Paso. They've been way too high for too long. And let me tell you why, right? So for a long time, you know, city, city council would say it's because we don't have enough. Our property values are too low, right? So residential, like homes, home property taxpayers um, don't, don't pay a lot in tax. I mean, in, in terms of we don't have enough value in the homes. And so our tax rate has to be what it is to make up for that. And then the other thing they would say is commercial properties, um, we don't have enough of those. And so they don't pay enough in taxes. That is not true. You have a right to fight your taxes, right? And to go to the central appraisal district and say, actually, you've overvalued my home. I have a lot of repairs I need to get done. Um, I have comparable sales that don't show that the market is what it is, right? Ugh, this is, that just sounds like a nightmare. Having yes. to go down there and, and go through this process I've just sounds like a headache. I've done it for clients. I've done it for myself. It is a headache. It is a headache. Guess who doesn't do it? The refinery. El Paso Electric. There are other, there are commercial um, large commercial property owners who actually have the money to fight at the Central Appraisal District, who have really good lawyers, and the city has not invested enough in fighting those kinds of challenges, which means that, so it's, it's a, we really have to dig deeper and think about, like, it's not as simple as, oh, we, for the, a long time, we had low property values. It's that we didn't have anyone fighting to say, hey, you rich property owners, you need to pay your share. Um, my client, Antonia Morales, lives in Duranguito. Okay? She lives in an apartment complex owned by Woody Hunt's son. His property... they trying to kick her out? Uh, n- not, not recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, I know they were kicking But let's talk about property tax values in her property. I looked at the tax... Anyone can do this. You can look online and look at the property tax records. The property value for the tax purposes on the property that she lives in has decreased. It's decreased. That means that someone filed a a complaint or a challenge to the taxes, and it went down. Her neighbor, two doors down, Romelia, her property value has gone up. How? They're in the same community that's about to get demolished. How is it that his taxes went down and hers went up? So it's really about there are people who know how to finagle the system, and it's enough is enough, right? Because the rest of us cannot be subsidizing that kind of— But isn't that kind of the way it works everywhere? If you got uh, wealthy people— who are investing in certain things, part of their investment is they line the pockets of politicians to get favorable. That's kind of like a worldwide phenomenon, Absolutely. probably, isn't it? I mean, it's not unique to El Paso. It is not unique to El Paso. It is not. 
But um, I have it's to say... It's almost like you could say it. that's the way it is. <laughs> that's the way of the world, right, Veronica? That's the way of the world, but it doesn't have to be. And we look at cities like Albuquerque, and they have really implemented a lot of these things, not ranked choice voting, but they've implemented the campaign limits. They've implemented public financing for grassroots candidates. And you see how the city is run much better. Uh, they have better jobs. They have. There's issues with you know violence. There's issues. But in terms of... People, I feel I just want to be on the record as saying I feel a lot better in El Paso than I do anytime I'm visiting Albuquerque. I'm always on edge in Albuquerque, so <laughs> they might have some policies, but uh, I I love Albuquerque. I spent a lot of time there, and it it I feel that you know you you see the investment in New Mexico in general. You see just statewide, right? You see the investment in people um, and and businesses being taken care of, small businesses being taken care of, even things like you know legalization of cannabis, things that are are. Really, we, you, I think that this isn't just about progressive values, right? It's about really getting back to what do the vast majority of people need? What do they need? They need good schools. They need, um, we need to get rid of institutionalized um, racism. We need to get rid of all of these things that really impede us from having good quality services, right? Um, people, to me, when, when I go door to door asking for their signatures, they talk to me about the city manager. They're like, what about that guy? Why is, does he run the city? Yeah, he does run the city. Tommy. Tommy. So there's also an issue, right? That they're like, well, I've complained and nothing happens. Well, do you realize that all the complaints now are bottlenecked, that they actually go through Tommy instead of your district rep? So we're talking about city manager Tommy Gonzalez here. Uh, let me just reference this story in the El Paso Times, get your thoughts on this. Uh, because of rising property values, which have just g- gone up, unanimously city council voted to direct Tommy Gonzalez to come up with a plan to decrease city property tax rate. What When you hear that, what is that? I hear like, yeah, don't hold your breath. Okay, <laughs> how many times have they directed him to do something and it takes forever to get it done? How many times? Does it and, mean anything that it was unanimous? That you know? Well, I think, yeah, it, it means that politicians understand that property taxes are a hot ticket you know, item. And so they're going to say like, you know, everybody yeah, probably every- feels like they pay too much for their property tax uh, and they're probably right. Yes. They're probably right about well, that. Well, except for the rich who can afford expensive right. lawyers to fight their property tax valuation. But yes. And so of course they're going to save face and say, but you know what? This isn't an issue of 2022 and the, the hot real estate market. It's an issue of the last 10, 20 years. Um, it's an issue of people approving bond after bond after bond and certificates of obligation that we don't approve, right? That city council approves. It's these specialized projects that are really increasing. As, I, as I've said before to other people, I wouldn't necessarily complain about paying high property taxes if I had a city that I was proud of. If streets were not flooding, if streets were not full of potholes, if this, uh, the libraries were fully functioning. If, if those rocks in the median don't end up on the streets every time it rains for 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> Fix yes. that. Yeah. Yes. If there weren't so many vacant homes, if there wasn't all of these, you know, we might feel safe in the community. But when it comes to other issues like we we're paying like a first class city, but we're not getting first class results from that premium that we're paying. Exactly. OK, uh, Veronica. Tell me where people can find out more. Once again, these aren't done. They're not even on the ballot. So uh, El Paso is for fair elections trying to get some of these changes on the ballot. How could people find out more? Okay. So um, our website is justiciafronteriza.org. Um, uh, we're going to be at different events. Look us up. You can, If you follow me on um, social media, Vero for El Paso, um, I have all of the information there as well. Nico believes Justicia Frontera. Front, fronteriza means frontier, frontier justice, justice. <laughs> like <laughs> wild west I mean? justice 
It means border justice. Border well, justice. I like Wild West Fr- Frontier justice. Right. <laughs> Uh, so Justicia Front. I apologize. Do you want to pronounce yeah, to please. spell it out? J U S T I C I A F R O N T E R I Z A. So Justicia Fronteriza. Justicia. Justicia Fronteriza. We're supporting also the Climate Charter. Big shout out to them. Sunrise is is putting together also collecting signatures, a different volume of signatures, different deadline than us. But they're trying to implement a department at the city that would actually focus on climate action. Um, These two things are very tied together. And so we're going to be together this um, Sunday, May 1st at Lincoln Park, um, which is underneath the, the highway. Uh, right by Old Sheepdog Brewery, uh, collecting signatures. But if you find us on the website, uh, on the website, and also on social media, you can find out how to sign the petition, how to get help us get signatures. We are down to the wire. We did get money from a, a statewide organization, More Perfect Texas. Um, they took a risk with us and said we are, they're trying to democratize um, Texas, and so they're investing in communities like El Paso to make sure that we do take big money out of politics. Veronica Carbajal has been our guest. Uh, Vero, thank you for dropping by and explaining some of these. Uh, issues to us. You're quite welcome. Anytime. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Joanna standing by and has our entertainment news, so let's jump right into the Hollywood side of things. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. CinemaCon plans to take a closer look at security protocols after a Tuesday's incident involving Olivia Wilde being given a mysterious envelope in the middle of her presentation to theater owners and the media. In case you missed it, Olivia Wilde was presenting her new movie, Don't Worry Darling, at the Las Vegas convention when someone in the front row approached the stage and slid a manila envelope marked personal and confidential toward her. Olivia said, this is for me, then picked it up and looked inside. She barely reacted and just said, thank you, and continued with her presentation, which is impressive because what was inside were custody papers from her ex, Jason Sudeikis, regarding their two kids. That's right. Olivia got served right in front of an audience. You got served. She got served. <laughs> Mitch Newhouser, the head of CinemaCon, said in a statement that they will be reevaluating their security protocols and stressed that, quote, never in the history of the event had an incident, specifically a star, being randomly approached on stage ever occurred. Well, at least she didn't get slapped. Good point. Right? Yeah. Meanwhile, a source close to the situation shared that Jason Sudeikis had no prior knowledge of the time or place that the papers would be served and added, quote, this would solely be up to the process service company involved and he would never condone her being served in such an inappropriate manner. So Jason Sudeikis has a reputation as a real nice guy in Hollywood. Mm. And, you know, part of that's... uh, I mean, even he's more, Ted Lasso. Even, even more so because he's Ted Lasso. Yeah. So he, and that's probably the case. He probably didn't say, I want you to go do publicly embarrass her and do it on stage in front of all these people. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so weird. No, I can't imagine him do that. <laughs> more from CinemaCon. During Walt Disney Studios' presentation of Avatar, Avatar producer John Lando presented the forthcoming teaser trailer for the long-awaited First of many sequels to the 2009 blockbuster. Yeah. And- <laughs> Let's see. They still haven't done one. It's been almost 15 years. Almost. If there's supposed to be all these movies, are any of us going to be alive to see them? <laughs> Why does it take 15 years between movies? I don't know. I, I, specifically I bit, these movies. R- remember, this was this blew away all the other movies and became number one at the box office. And it was a real phenomenon right. for about six months. 
it's a craze, you know, where people were really into this movie, and I feel like the interest has waned to the point. Is anybody even looking forward to? Well, most movie studios would get their sequel out while the hype is still going, or interest is. You wouldn't wait for fifteen years. Well, you're dealing with James Cameron, who probably has a lot of leeway to do things the way he wants to. But fifteen are the actors still alive? You know what I call it? I call it the Chinese democracy problem because. (laughs) Do you know what that refers to? No. Uh, Um. Uh, yes, Guns N' Roses, yes. Guns N' Roses uh, album. Guns N' Roses. Oh, wow, Nico! A Guns N' In the Roses early thing. 90s, mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses started pumping up interest in their... We got Chinese democracy coming! I don't know, it seemed like 20 years. 20 years, whatever it was. <laughs> so many years later, nobody cared about Chinese democracy. Oh, right. It became a punchline, and I feel like Avatar's almost becoming a punchline at this point. Mm-hmm. The first movie was stunning. Yeah, it was good. But I saw it in the theater. Did, Did you, you do the 3D? Th- 3D? I yeah. did 3D. I've never seen it. In 3D? You haven't seen You have to see it I've in never 3D. seen it in 1D or 2D. <laughs> Let alone 3D. Anyway, this next one entitled Avatar, The Way of Water. Uh, Landau discussed writer-director James Cameron's strategy in rolling out the film, which includes the forthcoming re-release of the original Avatar, a decision that they believe is necessary because... There are literal teenagers who weren't born when the first movie came out, so it makes sense to reacquaint moviegoers with Pandora or at least refresh their memories. Mm, a little. Does anybody mm. remember Unobtainium? <laughs> no, Joanna does I've it because ne- she hasn't seen it. I've never seen it. No, that was the thing they were trying to mine? It was yeah, called Unobtainium? Un- that was like vibranium. vibranium? Yes, and <gasps> it was so rare they had to like destroy their magic tree. See, what? Yeah, there was There's a magic a tree? tree. Yeah. Meanwhile, did you know that the the aliens were like ten foot tall and blue like Smurfs? I know about they were giant them being Smurfs, blue, right? And they were also like ten feet tall, right? And then they have like these uh, hair. They plug their hair, their hair into in. the magic tree and share the magicness of nature. Yeah. There you go. That's beautiful. Also, it's could, also how they bang. You could plug what? your hair into other navi, <laughs> yeah. or into these dragon things that they let ride. you fly, right? It's, and that's how they bang. They also bang that way. You know, as I'm describing yeah. this, it's hard to believe this was a hit movie. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't revisited the world of Pandora or Avatar in so long, and now that I'm sounding it out, it's like you know. The more I talk about this, crap. You know that does not sound good at all. That was a fever dream. I think <laughs> that must have been good. Good 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, James Cameron remained back in Wellington, New Zealand, where he's overseeing completion of the film in time for its opening day on December 16th. I don't, I just of don't this, know if you can live up to the hype year. at that point. I th- you know what happened when Chinese Democracy came out? Nobody liked it? <laughs> nobody cared. Nobody cared. It's not that nobody liked it, nobody cared. Eh, it's all right. All right. All right. Moving on. Oh, no. Universal's full CinemaCon slate feature present featured a wide range of Hollywood productions with a list including Nope, Halloween Ends, Minions, Ticket to Paradise, and Jurassic World Dominion. During Jordan Peele's presentation, he said Nope to showing the audience new footage of his film. Nope is the title of his new horror entry, and the maestro has always loved keeping the mystery surrounding his project like Us and Get Out intact before audience get to experience it. Peel said at a brief Q&A, the discovery and the surprise of it is part of the fun. But of course, he threw in a twist and minutes later presented an extended trailer that shed more light on the extraterrestrial storyline. Oh, so he did show more. He did. (laughs) Okay. 
However, Peel did ask the audience to be discreet and not reveal any detail as it won't be seen by the rest of the world for several more weeks. All right. I know you guys are all good at keeping secrets. Right. Right. Nope opens July 2nd. Did Universal show anything from its uh, monster verse uh, movies like uh, King Kong or... or, uh, Nope. Not part of this thing. No. Okay. And finally, AMC's Carol and Daryl Walking Dead spinoff just lost its leading lady. Original Walking Dead star Melissa McBride has departed the entitled spinoff set to follow her character alongside the frequent on-screen favorite Norman Reedus' Daryl. A statement from AMC said the departure was completely amicable. The spinoff, which will be set and filmed in Europe this summer and premiere next year, AMC added, quote, relocating to Europe became logistically untenable for Melissa at the time. I got a question. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you watched a Walking Dead anything episode? Has it been... When did few- they kill Glenn? Because that was the last time. The first Negan episode. Yeah. 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 It like, feels like... Then- I don't feel out of line saying it's been almost a decade it feels like it has <laughs> i tried to watch like after that and it was just kind of boring and i defended it and said there were you some did. really good storylines after that and, and now like, all all they're doing and i i said uh, fear the walking dead was good they brought over morgan oh you did say that I was good fear, i don't stand by that anymore no? like i've given up completely on fear the walking dead and the walking dead just to kim uh, continue to accumulate <gasps> In my hopper. <laughs> in the DVR. Uh-huh. I, I can't bring myself to delete them. Maybe I'll get back into it, but it just seems like... Let's all try I, to get back into The Walking think, Dead and I see what happens. Are you hoarding episodes of Walking no, Dead like you I'm hoard other is, things? I think Melissa McBride might have just decided, so hey, it's time to just... It. Yeah, it's just time to check out it. They have one with, like, Gen Zers or something. Uh... Yeah, kids, after, kids of Walking no, Dead. Like after the Walking, the, Dead. No, walking like, Dead Kids. What the hell is it called? I tried watching that. And it's set like in the future after they've got some kind of government back up and running. What the hell is that called? Anyway, obviously <laughs> it, I didn't latch on to that one. What do you use zombies for? Like guard dogs? Like you put a zombie on a chain and just leave it in your front yard? And that's when I'm like... Like I, how do they... How do they... Because it's all about... Maybe, maybe it was Walking Dead The World Beyond been the title of it but i'm not 100% the whole premise sure. is it's a world where if you pass away in the world because of whatever airborne virus whatever happened you automatically yeah, you already become a have the virus in you yeah. so okay See, joanna watched season one yeah that was a good season. so people it was great right yeah so you, good you would be scared of dying for two reasons dying number one dying number one and two Oh, I'm going to come back as a zombie. You would not uh, want to I die suddenly that. or accidentally. You'd want to be like, all right, I'm going to die. And when I do, you're going to take this nail gun and pop one right yeah. in my head. To you're going to have to do that because back. there's no way in hell I'm coming back and walking for the rest right. of my life. But just so you know, you Put look delicious right now. <laughs> well, the show's expected to carry on with just Norman Reedus as Daryl, but there's no word if a different Walking Dead character will take Melissa's well, place. Question. Mm-hmm. Why did it have to be in Europe? If that's the reason they're giving, did Daryl and and uh, uh, Carol go to Europe? Daryl and Carol? Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> I know, right? Did they ever hook up, by the way? Flirted. No. I always wanted them to hook it up. Oh, did are you aware of... Uh, they called him the king, but he had a pet tiger. Oh, okay, yeah. Ezekiel? Uh-huh. She ended up tiger pretty, king. <laughs> she so. ended up. She was a <laughs> Carol a and a relate. tiger queen. Yep. 
She oh. was with him for an extended period of time, so they were a couple. Ah, oh, Daryl. Uh, Who would be the Tiger Queen? What do you mean? Well, I think that's a funny name. Carol Baskin, probably. <laughs> Carol? <right? laughs> I don't know Carol's name in The Walking Dead, but... Uh, I, I feel like Walking Dead has Carol's been like... running on fumes for a while now, and I just was not willing to acknowledge it until very recently. Did you watch last night's Moon Night? No. So, yeah, so that's dead. People want to know, did you watch that? Huh? Did you watch that? No. What? Pe- Moon Night. People, people are asking, did you watch Moon Night? Mm. Sorry, I'm looking up what Carol's last. Maybe I will eventually, but there was a there was a like a talking hippo lady in the episode. Mm-hmm. The hippo lady the... looked like something out of the Masked Singer, <laughs> which, which the... now makes Joanna want to see it. Kind of. I thought the hippo lady looked like the hippo ballet dancers from Fantasia. <laughs> <laughs> They're all an LSD dream, a fever dream. Uh. Yeah, it, some of these shows, it's like I want to keep watching it, but I also I keep putting it off. So there's part of me that that dreads it. Severance. Still no, cool. watched it all the way through. It wrapped up the first season. Nice on a super cliffhanger. So I'm Ooh, so like it was to the point back. where I went in to watch the final episode, not realizing that the previous week was the final episode, and it ruined and my entire Friday. There's no, <laughs> there's no more severance. No, no, I'm totally on the hook for severance. <laughs> Completely 100 percent on the hook for severance, and I'm probably hooked on Gaslit. Oh, after watching, I gotta the first start watching that. Uh, okay. Well, with your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Of course, that's Greek Orthodox Easter that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> All right, got a few other uh, items to talk about. I thought I had enough for a true crime report. I guess I could do it, but it would be a pretty short one. Yeah, let's yeah, do well, it. Yeah, I'm not ready for it. Give yet. it another day. Collect something else. Let it simmer? Yeah. Like a hot soup. Let me go over and check out our website, klaq.com. Let's just see if anything jumps out and grabs me. Oh, here you go. Glenn has written about Q2. Q2 is a a radio station that is on most cars. If you bought your car after, like, 2005, (laughs) it's probably on there and you don't know that it is. But what is the difference? (laughs) What is Q1 and what's the difference? Q1 is 95 Five on the dial, so ninety-five point five on the dial. What you're probably listening to I, right now. Somehow, like I discovered it on an accident that my <laughs> car even had it. Q two. If you hit the, it'll work different on different cars. There's a Q two on there. If you have, if your radio is from the past ten years, it's it's almost certain. Which is the HD station or no? Yeah, but I but HD doesn't mean high definition. Okay. Or di- uh, I, I don't know what it stands for, but it's not any high. I don't think it's any higher definition. But they were able to fit more radio signals on the on the band okay. a few years ago, so they did. And there's a Q2, uh, which you can listen to. Like I say, if you've got any radio that was in your car past it, is it the exact same programming as no, 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 Q1? No. <clears throat> no, Q2 is our classic rock. So you get deep cuts from Boston and the yeah. Doobie Brothers. Creedence Clearwater Revival, and you get a Love daily them. dose of Glenn Garza because he's over there. Uh, some great stuff that you you might have heard on KLAQ many years ago, but not so much anymore. So, Super Tramp, for instance, where are you going to hear Super Tramp? Q2 is the answer. 
So Glenn has posted about that, and you can find out more about it. Hopefully, how to find it uh, is included in Glenn's How article. did you find it in your car? <laughs> okay, so it was on the queue, and then I accidentally pushed the scan button. Okay. And it scanned to it. Oh, cool. And this was like, I'd already had the car for like a year and a half before I accidentally <laughs> figured out how to get to Q2. Uh, the city run, I don't know if you want to call them pool, like water parks, you know, the city run water parks are going to be open full time starting Memorial Day weekend. Iris Lopez has an article that they were, they had job openings for, uh, lifeguards and they're still it sounds like they're still having trouble getting enough lifeguards they're offering uh, a $1,000 sign-on bonus what yep this is El Paso Parks and Recreation Department uh, has a need for lifeguards to make sure everybody stays safe at the city uh, water parks I can swim city's offering a $1,000 sign-on bonus that's all you need right be able to swim no. I mean, they will train you. I know that <laughs> no. was part of the thing, because I wrote an article about it a, a, a month and a half ago. Uh, they'll train you. Like, if you don't have lifeguard training, but you want to be a lifeguard this summer, they'll provide the training. Oh, snap. Don't you just pull them out? you got to be 15 years of age or older. And uh, there are classes. Applicants will be tested on skills. So there's a process you go through, but... The link here uh, in the article, you can find it at klaq.com. You could also call the Memorial Aquatic Center. That number is 915-212-0524. 212-0524. Or just check out this article on klaq.com. It's got all the links that you need. Who wrote that flour tortillas for tacos is wrong? Me. Coming at you with the facts. How are they for... Uh, what are the... Fajitas. <laughs> I couldn't think of the name of the thing. Because mm-hmm. I'll only eat fajitas with flour tortillas. It's pronounced fajita. <laughs> <laughs> well, this all started because remember yesterday that Charlie Clark was in and Nico mentioned that restaurant you went to? A taco Palenque yes. in McAllen, and Texas. you said they handed you burritos instead and poor Charlie Clark was like... Those aren't burritos. Those are tacos. Tacos, right? They're tacos with flour Charlie tortillas. Charlie Clark didn't even know that he was. Those were burritos. Well, that was my point. Is that they call Wait, all? Are they burritos? What we call burritos, okay, is flour wrap, flour tortilla wrap things. They call tacos down there. Okay, they call everything how? in a in a tor- in a tortilla a taco. Well, how about a crunchy shell? What Ta- do they call that? Taco. That's a taco as well. Yeah. But they call the ones that are wrapped in flour tortillas also tacos. tacos. Yes. Those are burritos. Those are burritos, and that's what that's kind of what I was trying to get at with Charlie. Yeah, I used to get a little confused when I would go to Taco Cabana because I'd order a taco another and they they'd ask to specify. <laughs> what are you saying? Another culprit? That another they, culprit in this taco that is actually a burrito war. Right. They are. Bur- Do you want it in a soft shell or a hard shell? What I ordered a taco. No, a that's not shell. what she's asking. You, she, the, you know the difference between flour and corn tortillas, right? There's a difference, Buzz. Uh, I've the main difference for me is I've tried the flour tortillas, and the corn. I don't know that I've ever ordered that. Uh, Joanna, do you want to do this? Wait, what? You've never had corn 
tortillas nope. before? Yes, Usually they has. ask you to Yeah, you had to. He probably has. He just doesn't know the difference. There's a difference. Like a between... taco shell's made out of corn, right? Yes. The taco shells. Like but a rolled taco like when, is made out of corn. Before they make it into a shell, it's still just a regular tortilla. Is it soft? It's soft. I've never eaten a soft corn tortilla. What? Nope. Stop. Really? Or if I had... They're called street tacos or Baja tacos or... Beer, have you had birria tacos? Birria tacos? Yeah. No? Birria. Birria? Birria. birria. Yeah. Wow. We got we to gotta educate <gasps> you on some tacos. Let's go get tacos. Oh, that would be a good video. You know, I guess I'm such a fan of the flour tortillas. If I've ever tried the core, it must have just been enough to say, no, nah, I don't care for this. So I'll, I, okay, I'm a Okay, scroll down to guy. my article. I have a picture of tacos with corn tortillas. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. That's homemade. Those are just oh. tacos. Those are tacos. With Those a, are called with a tacos. Corn tortilla. Yeah. Yeah, I call that a taco. That's a taco. That's a taco. Okay. What's the issue here? Oh well, you were you were all about like hard shell or soft shell. That's not really the, the thing. Those aren't hard that, shells. No. In the picture. No. No, they're soft. Well, okay. What do you call the shell on a jack of the box taco? Fake. What, but is it a hard shell or is it a? It's a fried shell, maybe. It's fried. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But my point is. When it's wrapped in a flour tortilla, it's that a makes it a burrito. A burrito. But that would make the, it a lot it, easier for me. Does it make it any less delicious? Right. I'm still going to eat it, but don't call it a taco. In the Valley, they call it a taco, and it confuses the hell out of me every it's, time I go. Stop it, the Valley. Wow. Yep. I got a pre- You know, I was thinking about this the other day off the mm-hmm. air, and this might be a pretty divisive opinion on something. Okay. I think hamburgers taste better between two pieces of white bread than a bun. What monster are you? That's definitely like taking me back to like my struggle meal days. Like you would just get plain white bread. Yeah. If we ran Miracle. out of if we ran out of buns. Bread. Yeah. What, what I'm saying get is that's my preference. You think it tastes better? Yeah. What th- kind of bread? Like just Wonder. Wonder bread. I mean just like toasted whatever. or not toasted. Nope. So you just want this soft, foldable, moldable substance on both sides of your burger. Don't you yes. like how it kind of like sticks to the meat a little bit? Yes. Are you It's more yes. It's a go- oh, Look at you, yeah. girl. You guys are talking about gorditas. That's the same thing as a gordita. No, it's not. That is. Not. Gorditas that? On, we're going back to corn it, you're, again. It's basically you're just getting a a What meatball. do you think regular bun breads are made right. out of? I know. Buns <laughs> in my opinion are too much bread. <laughs> I know it's my too- buns are too much bread. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go out on that. Sure, that's a good enough line. I could go on and expound on this, but it's not going to get funnier than that. Let's take a. That's probably the recycler, in fact, Joanna. Yeah. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Another cash code keyword coming up in a little over thirty minutes. Around ten uh, fifteen this morning is when you could get another cash code keyword, and this is the next to last day for Go Fund Yourself. I think that's called the penultimate day. The the penultimate day. Did the I second to last correct? day. Did yes. I use that correctly? Yes, you did. <laughs> Got a few odds and ends here. I think I threw something out there that was a pretty major bombshell. I just need to clarify a little bit. I prefer bread for most hamburgers. Yeah. Now, if you go to a restaurant... Like a drive-thru, you can't ask McDonald's Burger King to slap it on a couple pieces of Wonder Bread. But at home, if I'm making burgers and we have both, I think they taste better 
on two pieces of white bread. There's not enough breading to absorb the ketchup and mustard or whatever you're going to have on there, if you like. No, it absorbs it real nice. See, you're, I feel you, like it would be leaving it moist. Point. juices of the patty. For a hamburger, and, and I'm alone in my household on this because my daughter and my girlfriend both like a hamburger bun. It's just too much bread. <laughs> because it's there to suck up all the juice. It Even then, it's still too much the bread. meat. Joanna, are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if this is a, an opinion that's shared widely. Uh, I feel like I'm, you know, but it's encouraging that Joanna at least agrees with me. I'm not out there. I thought I was probably the only one who actually prefers it that way. Speaking of food and the way you eat food, how do you imagine the queen eats a banana? You don't have to imagine anymore because now we know. Somebody oh. like a... Um, Knife and fork? Darren McGrady wrote an insider's book uh, called Eating Royally, and he goes into detail about how the queen eats a banana. Oh. Not like the rest of us eat a banana. Okay, so you peel the banana, right? You don't. What? <laughs> She doesn't. I mean, okay. Okay, somebody. And we're not talking. We're not talking about how servant does it. She might. She'll do it herself, but she doesn't do it the way you and I would do it. No, you don't peel. So, here is an etiquette expert showing how the queen eats a banana. Pay attention to this. Okay, your hand makes no contact with. No. With it at all. She uses a knife and fork from start to finish. So. Cut off both ends, then slit the banana with the knife, and then cut them we up. We do not the... touch our food, dear Buzz. We are not primates. I like the way he goes, banana. Banana. <laughs> banana. A banana. A banana. A banana. <laughs> I, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised that the queen doesn't eat a banana like, like regular primates do, Prime. including humans. <laughs> Do you think, like, deep down, she just wishes she could just eat it normally? Right. Just, like, tear into it? Yeah, I wonder if, like, she was alone in a room, if she would just say, oh, screw this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to eat the banana like a primate. <laughs> I wonder if she burps. Does the, uh, come on. I mean, everybody burps, right? I don't know. <laughs> I think everybody burps. Not the queen. Everybody burps <laughs> sometimes. But I'll give the queen a little bit of credit here. I would assume that it's all prepared for and that she has servants who yeah. do it all. So this uh, yeah, book, pre-cut. Eating Royally, uh, says that she does, you know, cut up the banana herself. So that's something, I guess. <laughs> As I was looking up that uh, Queen Banana story on The Sun, uh-huh. <laughs> I saw an article about Jeopardy. It happens to be an episode that I watch. I don't watch Jeopardy every day, but if it's on, yeah. I'll definitely uh, watch it. And I, I, I didn't think anybody else would notice, but it was out of control. So they've got uh, like a, a streak going on, which seems to happen more and more. There's a, a woman named Matea Roach who is on her 16th win, right? Okay. And the episode that I watched, which I want to say was Tuesday, although it could have been Monday, 
It was out of control. She kept talking way more than any Jeopardy contestant I've ever seen who's allowed to talk. So, uh, wait, wait, when when do they talk in Jeopardy? Well, she gives the answer and then she adds commentary to the answer. And there's no people are saying there's no way Alex would have let anybody get away or Alex, Alex or Alex, Alex, Alex. right? Alex Trebek, Alex or Alex, uh, Matea Roach. Got her 16th straight win, and fans of Jeopardy were criticizing her off-the-cuff gameplay style and especially the extra conversation that she would attach to every answer. And uh, the story here in The Sun says, all three contestants spoke nearly nonstop in an unruly game that many said Ken lost all control over. Oh, no. Uh, so they do, they would give the answer and then keep talking? Yes, they were much more verbal, all three of the contestants. But I got to say, for what, definitely Matea, the returning champ. Um, center podium Nikki is a guy who I felt bad for because he ended up in red numbers. Ooh. And he, he missed way more than he got. It's like a nightmare. If anybody's ever imagined going on Jeopardy, your nightmare would be that you come across as a dumb person that somehow accidentally ended up on Jeopardy. I could see it was happening to this guy, and there was so much working against him. First of all, his hair was dyed bright pink. So it's like now you're having this nightmare scenario on Jeopardy, and you've got your flamboyant pink hair there. And then at the end, Nikki, the pink hair guy, started joking about how bad he was doing and it's like Ken Jennings wouldn't acknowledge that like he did shut shut that down but th- there were just a lot of uh, extraneous conversation that was going on on this recent episode of Jeopardy and I just thought it was like oh I could talk about this on the air but nobody saw it but I guess you got enough Jeopardy nerds <laughs> that somebody who, did who, who are, yeah. the son's title out of control out of control <laughs> Right, they got a little video. Oh, maybe it'll, maybe this okay. video will give British you an idea. British tabloids are so good at their headlines. I know they are. Out of control. Out of control. And I guess a lot of Jeopardy people are saying, I, I, that's it. <laughs> I finally decided Ken Jennings does not deserve this permanent job. See, that's the kind <gasps> of stuff. Like oh when she would God, get a wrong she... answer. They don't do that on Jeopardy. No. And it's Dallas, by the way, Matea. <clears throat> oh, my God. So there's a lot of this going on, and people are saying Ken Jennings lost control of Jeopardy. Where's the decorum? There's no decorum here. Uh, I guess he just let it get out of control. Out of control. Out of control. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) <laughs> One of the witnesses in the Johnny Depp defamation trial. So Johnny Depp's off the stand, but he's still reacting. Was a doorman, like the doorman of a building. He's one and of my I, new favorite people. And I, he, he's, <laughs> a lot of people love this uh, doorman, doorman who testified. Alejandro Romero uh, said a lot of things that I think a lot of people could relate to. Also, it was remotely, so he wasn't in court. He was in a car. He's vaping. And then he takes off driving. So I don't know how that's safely <laughs> operating a vehicle. And then they've got a PIP, a picture-in-picture. Picture, and Johnny Depp is loving this guy. This guy's gotten more than a million views 
on YouTube since testifying yesterday. And I just want to give you a sense of the vibe, okay? Okay. So this this is uh, doorman Alejandro Romero answering question. I don't know if you're aware, but zooming in to court is a thing that they allow, I guess, from the pandemic. I don't know if they ever allowed it before the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. It definitely wasn't as big a thing, for sure. <laughs> so this guy's vaping, and Johnny Depp is just... <laughs> yeah. You can tell Johnny Depp's like, I love this guy. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's great. Did you, know, did, you, did you see the news about Johnny Depp's doodling in court? That he's been doodling and, and dro- sketching. Well, and- well, people were like, Johnny Depp's must be working on something because he's concentrating. His face was inscrutable. And then they're like, oh, he's just drawing and then filling <laughs> it in with markers. <laughs> okay. Well, Johnny Depp's face was anything but inscrutable while this, while this doorman was testifying. So here's some other great, this is great audio uh, from Alejandro Romero. <laughs> I know you guys gave me yeah, papers gave me stuff, to read, but I'm going to be honest. I don't read. <laughs> yeah, and they're asking, on the evening of April 19th, 2018. Uh, it, I don't remember. Most people, yeah, I don't know. What are you talking about? And mm-hmm. I know you sent me papers that are supposed to remind me, but I don't want to do that. But, I, I want to yeah. vape and drive my car. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm tired of this right now. Have you noticed that Johnny Depp is looking more dapper as the court goes on? It's like his mood and also just his health looks right. like it's improved yeah. over the past week. At the he seems happier. Yeah. He's speaking his truth. You know what? I bet you're right, Joanna. I bet getting yeah. all of this out into the open and being like, look, I, I know I'm a, a scumbag, a, but I didn't, I'm, a, I'm not a scumbag I'm not a, who abuses I'm not people. A, I'm not a... But a I'm wife not a beater. woman yeah. Right, I'm not a woman hitter. I might be a scumbag with drug problems who says terrible stuff. I didn't hit that. I, I did, did not. not. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> oh. yeah. I remember great. seeing her on... I don't remember what I had for breakfast. I know you sent the papers, but... Yeah, I just didn't want to read those. <laughs> not even an excuse. <laughs> not even like I was sick or something. I, I just it. didn't want <laughs> Uh, another time that the witness Alejandro Romero cracked up Johnny Depp, or at least it seemed like he got a chuckle from Johnny Depp and the court, was when he was asked about a possible break-in at Amber's apartment. So he is the building concierge, I guess is the correct okay. term for what he does, uh, at the front desk of the Columbia Building in downtown L.A., which is where Johnny Depp and Amber Heard lived until 2016. So they're asking this guy who's vaping, and we can only guess what he's vaping. I mean, it would be legal. Uh, sure. I get probably not when you're driving a car. <laughs> I'm not saying that Alejandro was high, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have been. Knows, it honestly could have been nicotine too. Like people do that very frequently. Uh, so he's talking about uh, whether somebody tried to break in, and this this got a pretty good laugh from Johnny and. Uh, the people that were in the courtroom. <laughs> yeah, there's scratches dog. on the door. Uh, they're four inches above the floor. It's a dog. <laughs> Somehow Alejandro is the most coherent witness that I think I've ever heard. <laughs> he says, Oh, uh, well, I, uh, I do not know about that. I think somebody was trying to break in. Tell me about the Russian dolphins here. <laughs> That's a great story. <clears throat> So it turns out that the military in Russia has 
now been documented to be using military uh, dolphins. <laughs> uh, uh, pictures of the uh, Russian port of Sevastopol Bay in Crimea show dolphins prote- <laughs> protecting the front entrance to the bay or port, I guess you would say, uh, from Ukrainian divers that are would I uh, sabotage Russian ships? Maybe put mines or, or put mines down there. Yeah. So the dolphins have been shown to patrol. Sorry, now patrolling <laughs> a corridor of the Black Sea. I will, you know, I nice. I realized as you're talking about this, in my mind I'm going, oh, that is adorable, and it's so life affirming that human. And then I'm like, no, those are commie dolphins. <laughs> right. Those commie dolphins. (laughs) I was like, isn't that amazing how humans and another species can work together? Wait a minute, they're working for Putin? Those Putin dolphins. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, if you're thinking, well, that's one of the ways that the United States is superior is that we wouldn't train an innocent dolphin, especially, you know, of a higher order of intelligence to do something dangerous. Well, then I don't know what the U.S. Navy Marine Mammal Program is. (laughs) Right. Uh, apparently, we've been doing it for a long time. Yep. We train dolphins to find mines, and if that involves the dolphin being blown up, well, so be it. So it's not right. like we have any moral high ground. Get this crazy <laughs> chain of events, though. The Soviet Union's dolphin program, after the Soviet Union collapsed, was taken over by Ukraine. Ukraine started up the military dolphin program, and in 2012, Russia picked it back up from them. People say, we don't know what happened to the dolphins. Some people say that we think that they died patriotically after going on a on hunger strikes and resisting their Russian captors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, from what I'm g- gathering here, our dolphin program the U.S. has is still active. It is. That's something that still exists. And sea lions. Sea lions. Yeah. Why not narwhals? They got a lethal weapon built right into their head. It seems like you're missing the boat by not having narwhals as part of it, too. <laughs>